Now I've interned for the Mises Institute. I've been on the Tom Woods right. show. I've hosted the Human Action Podcast. I've become a legitimate economist. And Dustin had me on to talk about Ron DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> I had my headphones on backwards the whole time. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm like, wait, that's not right. That's funny. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. I actually, I meant what I said. I, I, I understood kind of where totally. you're from now. I, I think, yeah. I think probably halfway through, I still wasn't there. So I, I think yeah. it was good. The stuff he said about Disney, I mean, that's that's very like you kind of have to be on the ground in the weeds to know that. Stuff. If you were him, you you would totally see it that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't think that's a a perspective that many people get to have because um, you know very few people actually see those halls of power and what it looks like right you know I mean? yeah yeah so that's that's very interesting to me yep well yeah let me just uh let me just go into this clip that uh that slick had sent us and we'll start the show sounds good all right hey pizza lovers i'm dick and i'm here to announce the grand opening of my brand new pizzeria dick's pizza not sure how much dicks you can handle no sweat dicks comes in large medium no matter the size, dicks is sure to satisfy. Because even our smallest dicks are 10, ten inches, inches long. Pardon? Some like it thin, others like it thick. That's why you can choose from thin crust or deep dick. <laughs> we have dicks for everyone. Dicks for your dad. Bring me my pipe. Dicks for your mom. Mommy loves you. Dicks for your grandma. No one visits me. Dicks for your wife. Your ex-wife. Whatever. <laughs> Nothing happens up a party quite like a big servant of dicks. Ding dong, there's a bunch of dicks at your door. We deliver. So get off your computer <laughs> and eat dicks. For more information, click here. It's big and it's gooey. It's saucy and it's chewy. What's in my mouth? It's gotta be dicks. <laughs> Should we hit record? Yeah, one, two, three. I muted myself. Right, ready? I am ready. Are you recording? Yes. <laughs> right, so you want to start a show? Let's start a show. That podcast is filling your head with garbage. No offense taken there. Well, it sounds like none taken. I just hang out the maid. Welcome to None Taken. The internet's own debate and current events show with your hosts Dustin and Alan. Two political nomads from two different worlds. Shout out to Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band for the use of their song Ways and Means for intro music. Thank you for joining us. The time of this recording is August 30th, 2022. It's a great day for America. <laughs> I'm in Troy, Ohio, and Alan is in the San Francisco Bay Area. We are here recapping another week of current events and sharing way too much of our tragic personal life. Got a bunch of audio for you on this week's sound show. Please subscribe right now, wherever you're listening to this. We don't have an advertising budget. Y'all are ads. If you haven't left us a review on iTunes or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review right now. Tell all your friends about us. Word of mouth is essential for a growing podcast. You can find none taken on all the social media apps. Sorry, Troth. Truth. Truth. Central. Central. 
A great way to help the show is to give us all of your money. You search for None Taken on Venmo and chip in what you think is fair. We're the one with the Zebra logo. Be like Slickets Digital. For all your SEO and marketing needs, if you're trying to improve your brand, SlickitsDigital.com. Hell yeah. Alan, what is up? What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Um, I you know, I worked last weekend, so I really didn't have an opportunity to get up to too much. However, I am off for Labor Day weekend coming up. Hell I got yeah. A nice, I got a nice little four-day uh, weekend actually lined up. So I'm going to be uh, meeting up with Sim. We're going to grab a couple of beers, and I'll probably get up to some other hijinks. So I have that to look forward to. Uh, how about you, man? How was your week? Uh, well, it ended with me coming to Ohio, so it wasn't that. So great. not great. Not great. It's not great, Bob. No, and I'm going to be here until Friday. But you know, on Friday, <laughs> also I go not home. great. No, but on Friday I'm going to go home, and on Sunday I'm going to see Spoon for the first time in concert. I'm super excited about that. Oh, that's dope. Uh, honestly, I didn't prepare a personal life segment, so we can probably keep moving on. Other than we went to the lake, it's probably going to be one of the last times we go to the lake this year. Uh, as the seasons change, um, mm. Natasha will probably give me a ration of shit for something really specific that I should have talked about in our personal life. She's usually <laughs> my notes I, right before the show starts. I'm like, crap, babe, I was organizing the show. I don't remember what I did. And she like sends me a text. And uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I drove to Ohio and it was on purpose this week. And I'm this time to you didn't have to just turn around and drive back. Yeah. Home. So That's... in some ways, plus, you know, you win some, you lose some, right? Sure. Yeah, sure. As is Ohio. Um, <laughs> what's the uh, weather like in Ohio? Uh, it's fucking great, man. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? There's something in my personal life I keep meaning to talk about, and now Natasha's really going to be mad. She'll be like, the one thing you talked about was this. So Natasha, I keep forgetting this because I remember it when I shower, and then I get out of the shower, and I don't write it down. Um, Natasha bought a bar of soap. A lot of, There's like oatmeal soap. That's not a new thing, right? Yeah, that's great. Um, but this one had like full flakes of oatmeal in it. Oh, it's exfoliating. Yeah, but they were like... I don't know if they just got like they make you hungry. I don't, I don't know if they just got as large as they were once they hit the water, but it had the effect. First of all, it was brown. So you'd wash yourself and you look at the water and you're like, um, I can't be this filthy. But then gross, occasionally yeah. pieces would fall off of it and like slide down the tub and towards the drain. And it looked like I had a loose butthole or something. And I just had like <laughs> pieces of my, you know, fecal matter. Yeah, it's what it looked like. And um, I'm really glad that we got to the end of that bar of soap. So a personal accomplishment this week, we got to the end of that soap and I no longer have to, you know, keep washing my ass and be like, I guess I'm not done. I think I would have just randomly disappeared that bar of soap. And I don't know what happened. I don't know. The dog ate it, maybe. Yeah. I, don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't like being wasteful, especially with soap. I'm a oh, bit sure, of a Tyler. That's where you draw the line. I'm a Tyler Durden, you know, purist. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get into some of this comedy clips we got saved? Let's, let's. I heard Louis C.K., uh, who's never done anything controversial in his life. I heard, oh, never. <laughs> I heard Louis C.K. say that this was his, uh, his favorite joke. So I don't know who this comic is. I've never heard of him. Dan Natterman? That sounds never somewhat familiar. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, so this is Louis C.K.'s favorite joke. Excuse me. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but my high school teachers are dying on a regular basis. I'll just say that. <laughs> That phase of life. Like Mr. Morales just died. He was our ninth grade health and sex ed teacher. He was actually one of two health and sex ed teachers we had that year because he got fired. He was inappropriate. I'll tell you what happened. He came to class. He said, class, today I'm going to demonstrate how to put a condom on. That's why I have this banana with me because uh, I can't get it hard on an empty stomach. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> 
I don't know what. Why would, is you know it, what? Is That's it why that would be Louis C.K. Is it, yeah, is it funnier that it's a public masturbator? Well, no private masturbator. I, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna fully. I, I should fuck it. You know what? Sound off like you got a pair. Louis C.K. did nothing wrong. What? From what I've heard, it was consensual. So. Uh, I've also heard never mind I take it all back I've heard people being like yeah uh, I'm one of the people that it could have been I just said no to his continuous insistence that he masturbate in front of me so I guess such a weird little fetish to have yeah I know I know I mean it's better than feet this is my opinion Uh, (laughs) I don't think so I don't think it is either Uh, I'm all loopy we did an hour and a half interview with Connor so my brain's all jello right now Uh, same Um, same this is something who's that Christian sent this in. Um, this is uh, millennial names is the only note. These millennial names are dumb, dude. <laughs> I met a dude the other day named Jathan. <laughs> not Jason, not Nathan, just Jathan. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm horrible at remembering people's names, so I like to say it to him in conversation so it gets stuck in my head. So I was like, hey there, Jathan. Nice to meet you, Jathan. Very interesting name you have, Jathan. He looks back at me and goes, wow, are you Therioth right now? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't listen to that one yet. I was like, I trust you, Christian. I'm playing this. That was funny. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, all right. So here's three from Thrash. Uh, this is uh, Doug Stanhope. Oh, yeah. recurring. Yeah, I know. We've got like a couple weeks in a row of Stanhope. If there were no afterlife... How could my mother have bought me and my friends so many nice things from the Sky Mall catalog <laughs> on her credit card four days after she passed from this earth? If- I, what I like about that joke is that from like maybe a half a, halfway through the sentence you know exactly where he's going yep, and he yep. paces it and delivers it in a way that you still laugh you like, still laugh yeah, yes yeah um, <laughs> he was a master at that yeah he was yeah yeah okay. uh, this is a comic named adam newman um and again this is from thrash i got a buddy who won't go to the doctor no matter how sick he gets he's got a great job he's got health insurance he's got money he doesn't like the doctor what he does instead is he goes to his brother for medical advice his brother is not a doctor his brother is a veterinarian (laughs) specifically for horses okay he is a horse doctor and my friend will call his brother and go look i got sharp stomach pains i got flu-like symptoms what should i do and his brother will always give him medical advice but he'll preface it by going look i'm not a doctor i'm a horse doctor but as a horse doctor this is what i recommend you do and my friend has had unbelievable luck with this forever until he called his brother and said look i'm pretty sure i broke my leg <laughs> that's a long way to go to it get really to is i'm sorry but... okay 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 <laughs> alan well we i think it's established on this show that we both loved the kids in the hall of course yeah can i play probably their most uh what do you call it when you can read the future their um prophetic prophetic clip that they've ever played because keep in mind this clip's from like 1994 we're we're gonna be sketching the female nude today just focus on 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 lines and shadow and form okay so it's a it's a it's a art class right and they're gonna have a a nude okay excuse me mr dwyer but uh 
<laughs> I, uh, I took this class to learn how to sketch. Scott Thompson was a Not to ogle some poor yeah, female yeah. nude. We're gonna use economic repression to once again exploit a woman's body. That poor woman child is just another victim of the patriarchy. I, I am? Hate crime. Hate crime. Not only that, it is also a racist construct. Mm -hmm. This woman represents the same white image of beauty that has oppressed women for centuries. Where are the nude models of color? The people of girth. The handicapable, the elderly, the queer. Naked, fat, black, crippled dykes are hard to find. I'm sorry I said that. I, I apologize. You, you white male, trying to pull up my black anger. I'm just trying to understand your black anger. Show it to me again. Shut up! <laughs> Thank you, I understand now. We're, we're... Oh, these guys are the fucking best. Like, there's some things that's, where you're like, man, I'm glad I'm alive when that humor was made or that story was told, you know? Like, yeah, that's pretty hilarious. Yeah. And to, yeah, to see where we're at now, it's yeah. <laughs> quite prophetic indeed. Well, let's move into our oh, about that. segment. And we will uh, start off with a little bit of a RIP to a, uh, a fallen comrade today. Alan, did you see the news this evening? Uh, 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 what's his first name? Let's get this right. Fucking goddamn it! What's Gorbachev's first name? Neil. But Michael. Gorbachev. Jesus Christ, Michael. Michael. Yeah. What, what, yeah. I'm sorry, Mikhail Gorbachev. Mikhail. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, this is a great send off. Why don't I just play? <laughs> so this is um, rap battles from history, which I honestly very frequently actually find that funny. But um, ah, this one's good, especially because what the fuck else other sound am I going to play? He's fighting with women. So that's Lennon. Here he comes. Knock, 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 knock. Did somebody say Bert Marx? Yo, I'm the host with the most class, though. Assholes made a mess and the war got cold. Shook hands with both Ronalds, Reagan and McDonald's, no doubt. If your name ends with in, time to get out. I have the ball to let Barishnikov dance, player. Put on that wall like the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. You two need yoga. You need a shower. And you all need to learn how to hide. I mean, that made me laugh, but I don't know. Yeah, that's how, pretty funny. Well. I, were you, like me, surprised that Gorbachev was still alive? Like, oh, I didn't even... Only be, um I wasn't, but only because... I wouldn't have been. I had that surprise a couple weeks ago when there was some conflict with him and Putin. He had said something somewhat oh, against uh, Putin's war. I missed war. that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I mean, I in, in all seriousness, um, he, he, he was the closest we had to nuclear disarmament. We've addressed this on the show. Like yes. it's forgotten history, but I want to say it was in Helsinki. Him and Reagan agreed to complete nuclear disarmament. They actually escalated the terms until they both were like, no, we're going to pull off everything. No, 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 it was not just that. Let's get rid of all the weapons. And they agreed with a handshake deal. And then they went back to their camps. The Russians stuck to their end of the deal. And the Americans were like, uh, actually, we have a military contract for this thing called Star Wars. It's a missile defense system. Yep. And we can't not hold up our obligation to these contractors. So tell them russians that will disarm but we're going to keep star wars and the russians are like that's not a fucking deal like you're gonna have a defense system for something that like what the fuck that's not like way people disarm and it completely dissolved from there so fell apart yeah, yeah. and i mean the irony of all of it of course is that the star wars never program worked. never even worked never so. worked yeah <laughs> yeah all right well let's move on to our regular scheduled oh, can i just say that. real quick before oh, we do that yeah uh you got me reading that book about america and iran oh thank you so much oh really how and far are you into it I'm like halfway in. Oh, it's so and good. It is very good, but it's also very frustrating. It's so, because we should have an excellent relationship with them. And in we, fact, it was completely salvageable until 78, 70, yes, yeah, 78. Essentially. Yeah. And, and the, 
so it kind of brought to my mind the whole you know the potential nuclear disarmament between the U.S. and Russia is like it feels like that that moment happens so many times yeah. in the relationship with, with Iran. Iran. It's, yeah. it's, it's it's just incredible. Isn't it incredible in that story that almost from the beginning though we have reneged on all our promises to them and taught them that you shouldn't make deals with the Americans. It, yeah, it's 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 really frustrating. It's a great read, it is. but very frustrating. It is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we'll talk about it more. But the book is um, uh, America and Iran: um, A Story from 1720 to Today. Right. All right. Well, here's our regularly scheduled How About That segment. This is a clip I will call marriage fraud. Uh, Sexy Toaster sent this in. Um, mm-hmm. There's a guy dressed in green with green face paint on, writing a, a. I don't know what the scene is, but he's having a. This is some kind of call show. He's probably famous on the internet. I don't know who it is here. Oh, wait, I got to do this. You have been active. Hold on. Okay. Scotty, it says here, you have been actively committing marriage fraud for money. What exactly is marriage fraud? In my job, if you're married, you get paid significantly more money. So me and one of my buddies decided to just get married. And now I make a bunch of money and I buy and things sometimes and it all works out good for the both of us. At work, I have to kind of tiptoe around the fact that I'm not gay. Well, Scotty, I, I have news for you. If you and your buddy are legally married, there is no fraud being taken place. You don't have to be gay to get married to a man. You, I mean, you did it. I love him also. <laughs> I love my husband a lot. Scotty. <laughs> I love that. I love that clip. Like, I, Isn't that like... Isn't that like almost just perfectly wholesome <laughs> what a sweet it's pretty wholesome what a it's sweet pretty wholesome yeah <laughs> uh i'm gonna move along let's get to uh oh thrash sent this one it's uh driving how how driving tests go in the south and as a tennessean that's where they start i uh i do not at all disagree with this characterization so not even <laughs> once did you use a turn signal you've been here a what turn signal well that's not real uh no it is very real how would that even work? It's right there. You just push it up, you push it down, and a light comes on outside your vehicle that lets everybody know you're going to turn. Okay, well, that sounds like witchcraft. I don't know why we bought it. <laughs> you're doing great so far. Oh, Georgia. You. Wait, so far? I thought this was everything. Oh, no, that was just the rural Georgia test. We still have the Atlanta part. Mm-mm, not today. Lord did not give me enough patience for that. <sighs> Perfect score. All right, let's see if you can pass Florida. this. Put your key in the ignition. And that's all I need to say. Congratulations, <laughs> you're a licensed driver now. <laughs> I'm going to drive straight into a Taco Bell. Hey, hey, make sure when you go to any other state, get in the left lane, go as slow as possible. Oh, I definitely will. So not- when I uh, sent that to Connor, he goes, uh, that's truer than you'd think. When I had, I only had to like stay in like the parking lot when I did my exam, and one of the things I had to do was a three-point turn, and I did a five-point turn, and I passed. <laughs> That's hilarious. I know, right? Yes, having visited your fine state, I can't say the drivers there are. are you know, rough. I used to get mad because people, when you know, like in everywhere you've lived, when you're ready to turn left, if you're turning left and um, you know you you can't go because the other lane's going straight, mm-hmm. uh, but um, usually you move the car into the intersection, if not completely, maybe halfway through. Yeah, so that way, you kind of have a head start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Out here, nobody does that because people are going through the intersection the whole time it's yellow and for like the first two seconds of it being red. So, like, why would you sit in the intersection? You're just going to fully run a red light. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a while to figure out why. I was like, why don't people do that? And then I realized that. And then I started running all these red lights. I'm like, that's right. Everybody's running these red lights. (laughs) 
this one's a decent palette. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, how about that? Oh, it's not available anymore. That's too bad. I had a video where they were saying you put a jizz of mayonnaise on things, and it was like an old manufacturing video. But, oh, well. It's really like a how it's made, and yeah. Well, I guess it was inappropriate for Instagram. Uh, here's somebody that does a better Trump impression than you'd think, and I don't know. This if you've... is hilarious. Oh, you've seen, seen this already? This. Okay. Yes. On both sides, actually, great people. <laughs> on both sides, I know Hario. He's a great person. He couldn't vote for me at the time. Now he can vote for me once he gets out. I love Snoop Dogg. Great person. So, do you love Death Row Records? I love people Death Row. I love Death. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Fake news. I love Death Row. <laughs> Alan, who is that? Jamie Foxx. And if if I had not seen the video, just hearing the audio, I would have no fucking clue. Without it sounds exactly like Trump. It, it's it's like, perfect. Yeah, it's dead on. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. I feel like everyone thinks they can do a great one, and then everyone thinks someone does specifically a good one. But I don't think I've heard a better one than that. I mean, who's the guy in Saturday Night Live? Yeah, he's friends it? with Brido. Yeah, I can't. I never remember his name. This but is better than it. It, it <laughs> is, but but his is good because of the nuance in his. But this is That's even true. better. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he played Muhammad Ali. Maybe he. No, wait. It was no, 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 no. That was Will Smith, right? Right. Who did James? Oh, he played Black Piano Man. I actually watched a movie. Uh, it'll be in the Friday show we talk about media, but I watched a movie with Jamie Foxx this week. I haven't seen that yet, and I look forward to your review. Um, yes. Let's get. Oh wait, hold on, gotta press this. Oh, how about that? And this clip is from uh, Chef Sessions on Instagram. Really, the whole guys in the Politogram uh, crew on Instagram are worth following. But uh, Chef's Chef's great. This is um, this is a this is a mashup of Jordan Peterson speaking the truth. I have a message for birds. Stop flying! If you dare, I'll splash you with icy and salty slush as I drive by in my Ford Bronco SUV. Existing is pain, don't you think? Gamers are rising up, as they should. The planet will descend into chaos. This will devastate Australia. Emergency! We have to make everyone poorer now. I should have (laughs) all the money. Critics of my view will say, we, if we make the poor Horror life will be more difficult and less rewarding. This would be good. How do we know? Delusional thinking. Did you watch the better call Saul finale? That was something. Here is the confession. I killed 40 hookers in May of this year alone. Really? (laughs) I think my favorite part about it is that there's things in there that aren't edited together that he really said, and I can't understand why he ever said them. Yeah. Also, I think that clip really demonstrates the the style of his speech. Like everything, if so it much weren't emphasis. so jarring on some of the cuts, it's still his pacing and his yeah. rise into right. Yeah, exactly. And, and he, <laughs> every I, I can't imagine like this man ordering like at dinner at a restaurant. <laughs> oh. Can you imagine? Like, no, certainly not like a subway like, where they're going to ask you a bunch of questions and a lot right. of inputs required. Like, yeah, no. I would like the pickles. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the, no, no oil, salt, and vinegar. Just yeah. no oil. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, the the um, Why this, do I have to pay for extra cheese? <laughs> this is Chipotle now, right? Uh, that's guac. Uh, okay, so this is a clip. The only note I have for this is uh, belief without evidence. Uh, I like this. This is from uh, Sonia Orlu on Instagram shared this. Uh, and he said, I've, just, I've always wanted to ask you why why you don't believe in God. 
And I said, well, Sam, I don't believe in God for the same reason that anyone that doesn't believe in a thing doesn't believe in it, because I haven't yet been offered enough evidence to allay my doubts. And he said, but you don't just go through your whole life only believing things for which you have evidence. <laughs> and I said, um, yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty much how I stutter my way through my turgid existence, yeah. Turgid. He said, what about love? And I said, well, what about love, Sam? And he said, do you believe in love? And I said, yeah, I, I, I believe in love, I think. I, I love, I am loved. Sure. And he said, aha, you don't have any evidence for love. And I said, mm, I think, I mean, I think, yeah, I've got evidence. Sure. I mean, love without evidence is stalking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I got a button. Oh, how about that? All right, that? let's get into wonder, our... Who's, who is the Sam uh, he was referring shit. to? Some, who's the Sam? I have no idea. His name is um, something Minchin. Oh. Uh, I liked, Tim, I liked Tim this, Minchin. I like the train of thought. That was cool. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, it seemed like something you'd like. So I was like, oh, let's mm-hmm. definitely show this for now. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's get into our Isn't That Something segment. Uh, let's start with a little bit of a heavy one. This is a cop. I mean, I have a palate cleanser and a couple of sounds, but we'll start off with uh, an in, in, uh, interaction with a cop and a citizen in Alabama, and this guy, he'll say it, but he's a, he's a, a pastor, and he's, um, the, the cop approaches while he is watering his neighbor's flowers. You live here? No, I don't live here. This happened last Okay, week. you're not supposed to be Who's here. Who's in it? They called about it. I don't know who called. I'm supposed to be here. I'm Pastor Jennings. I live across the street. You're Pastor Jennings? Yes, I'm looking out for their house while they're gone. Okay. Uh, Why didn't they fly? Okay. Well, that's cool. Now, do you have, like, ID? And I don't all? know, man. I'm not going to be you no know, ID. Why not? I ain't did nothing wrong. Did well, you, look, you, there's a suspicious person in the yard, and if you're not one to identify yourself... I don't have to identify myself. I live right over across the street. Who calls y'all? That's what we got to figure out. You have no right to approach me if I ain't did nothing suspicious or nothing wrong. Listen. Told him I'm a pastor. I'm not showing y'all anything. I'm a casino of all these flowers. We got one that's not listening to They're arresting him. We got one that's not listening to him. Right, go ahead and do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. You have to identify yourself to me. You understand what I'm telling you? Okay, does he have permission here to be watering flowers? They are friends. Okay. He went out of town today. Right. He may be watering their flowers. Okay. be completely normal. You live here? I don't blame the guy at all. I understand people will say like, well, you could have just showed him your ID and he would have been able to move on. But fuck you, man. That was actually when I went to work that time and those cops were mm-hmm, there yeah. because of the, they called. I had to show that guy my ID and I didn't have to and I chose to and I regretted it. I was like, I don't feel like I, but I was like, my employer is going to be involved in this. I don't need to make a fucking scene. But that guy kept holding on to my ID for way too long. I'm like, you have no business knowing. Who knows if somebody misfiles some paperwork and I have some fake warrant. I don't know. Like, I, I do you have right. ever, like, Oh, that's right. Because because how did they solve it? They talked to a neighbor. They said, "Yeah, that's who he says he is." There's, and, uh, the, please, you know, there's no need to arrest him for the crime of watering his neighbor's flowers. By the way, Jesus, that's such bullshit. in the front yard. That is such bullshit. I I mean, he's on private property. Yeah. I mean, I mean, no, you shouldn't. Uh, that's, yeah. That's no, no, but the, yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're going to have any like back and forth on that. So I don't know why I allowed so much air in that space. Let's move on to our next clip. Um, This was. okay. so the thing with this one is there was a shooting. There was a few shootings over the weekend and there was one in Bend, Oregon. 
And I, you know, I don't normally play audio clips from shootings. It's not like it's that kind of a fucking show. The, I, I kind of had a takeaway from this. It seems like one of the people who died may have actually stopped the shooter in the process. And I wonder if that's what this sounds like to you. Let me join into this. That person was transported, but did not survive his injuries. The second victim, a Safeway employee, was shot near the rear of the store in the produce section. He has been identified as Donald Ray Surratt Jr., a 66-year-old Bend resident. Surratt engaged with the shooter, attempted to disarm him, and may very well have prevented further deaths. So the produce section. Mr. Surratt acted heroically. Our first calls from 911 and our dispatches came through at 7.04 p.m. The shooter was found deceased in the produce section at 7.08 p.m. So four minutes later. I don't yeah, know. I mean, There's a lot so of speculation heard, on my part, but, you know. Well, what I've read uh, about that is that the the subject was a cease, and the cops claimed that they weren't the ones to kill him. So how the the shooter was killed is, is sort of unclear, I think, at this point. He walked into the Safeway and just was open firing randomly, um, ended up killing two people, and then he died himself, unknown how. Um, and apparently he also had worked at that Safeway previously, so oh. he had some sort of axe to grind. Former employee. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Bend, so, Oregon, by the way, I think of as just like an idyllic town. It was yeah. For, I mean, I've been to Bend, I've been yeah. to Bend many times. I love that place. Um, for a while, it was the fastest growing city in America. Was it? Um, yeah, for for a couple. I think. Yeah, that jumps years. around. I think like Frisco, Texas, was for a while too. And, yeah. yeah, it's always kind of a surprise. But I absolutely place. love Bend, and the people there are, are just super cool. So that's that sucks, man. Kind of tr- it's tragic. To yeah. See that. Uh, like I said, I do have a palate cleanser, but I'm not going to play that yet. So okay. I uh, I added this clip to our show sheet before I watched it. It was sent in by. I, I don't believe they listen to the show. I think they're just, uh, they follow us on the Instagram. And uh, I had told them before, because they always have World Economic Forum clips. And I'm like, hey, I, I could use a good WEF clip of the week. And they sent this in as a WEF clip of the week, but it was like five minutes long. I was like, well, I'm not going to play a five-minute clip. And they were like, oh, it's about this, that, and the other, and you'll find out what it's about. And I was like, well, that sounds actually kind of familiar. And then I started watching it, and like, just stop me if this uh, crazy sci-fi new technology that you know this this uh the person that shared it to me was concerned about sounds at all familiar to you so i'd like to thank you all for coming today i'm going to tell you about a technology that is revolutionary uh revolutionizing biology and offers the potential to cure uh, human genetic disease so this story really starts with dna you probably know that dna is the company to develop But when there are mutations in that code, um, it can also give rise to disease. And we know a lot about the sequences of DNA in cells right now, and we know about mutations. But up until now, it hasn't been possible to do much about those mutations. Imagine that we had a tool whereby we could actually fix individual mutations. Any of this sound familiar to you? Much like you would do with a (laughs) word process. Yeah, it is CRISPR. It's a clip from seven fucking years ago. What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and when you if you know the name Jennifer Doudna, the person that's speaking, they won a fucking Nobel Prize two years ago for CRISPR. Like it's it's gene editing CRISPR software is that we've been amazing yes, technology. Yes. And it yes, like any emergent technology can be used for the sure. forces of evil. And in fact, there was that guy in China that probably used CRISPR to uh, make those babies where he was like, yeah, they can't get AIDS. And then the government right. of China was like, hey, you weren't supposed to be doing this, and he disappeared. <laughs> and by the way, yeah. that person like edited the genome and or that the 
ah, I forget. There was something about that where they were concerned that they were putting out a new type of human into the gene pool. And if those children, if those created humans, if they had children with like, it could create, you know, a new branch in the, in the human DNA. Like it's terrifying, but yeah, there, there is that. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Um, I am making fun of this person. If you do listen, get at me on Instagram. I'm not calling you an idiot. I'm just saying. Like, no, no. Yeah, and in fact, enough. we had a back and forth where I was like, oh, no, this is actually really good. This is like until this was discovered, there was no way to cure these genetic disorders. And now a lot of human suffering has been elevated. There's... Yeah, I mean, essentially what it is is a, a tool to edit genes. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just a way for scientists to go in and take out a bit of DNA and replace it with something else, um, which, you know, a lot of diseases are because of bad mutations in the dna right the the ability to edit dna is just massive um to your point yeah there is concern of like well how much altering of dna can be done before that person is is not or at least if they have a certain type of mutation that now if they mate with someone creates more you know a different yeah, yeah 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 uh all right ready for that palate cleanser Yes, please. All right. So uh, this is Trump from a 2004 SNL sketch about how he'll sell anything. Cock-a-doodle-doo, folks. I'm Donald Trump. (laughs) And there's two things in the world I love. A good deal and a good meal. Join me at Donald Trump's House of Wings. (laughs) You know our wings will make you happy. You know our wings will fill you up. Same dance he always does. It. Oh, he's doing the dance. Cock a doodle doo, folks. I'm Donald Trump. That's all. I didn't mean for that to play again, but cock a doodle doo. This is actually pretty funny. <laughs> that is pretty funny. <laughs> all right. Oh, our 45th president, ladies and gentlemen. Can we talk about a little bit of fucking news? Sure. All right. So sure. something that just missed the show last week was the loan forgiveness. Oh. So we didn't talk about it. We oh, have to we- talk about it. We should have talked about that with Connor, but it was nah, that's, no, that's, that was an hour and a half, Alan. I know. Right, so this is from the Economist podcast. So kind of right. So center. progressives have been pushing for this for a lot of years. What are the drawbacks? What's the problem with this policy? One problem with progressives championing this policy is that it's not very progressive, particularly the sort of broad universal forgiveness that they were pushing. What Biden has done is tried to make a fairly regressive policy as progressive as possible. But still, it's a net transfer of hundreds of billions of dollars to people with college degrees who generally go on to earn more money than people without it. So, for example, if you complete an undergraduate degree in America, your earnings are generally 65% higher than someone who's just finished high school. If you complete a professional degree, which are the costliest degrees to get, your wage premium is 138% over someone who has just finished high school. We're still waiting to see what the overall distributional impact of the proposal will be. But we know that a blanket forgiveness of $10,000, even with the income cap that was proposed, would mean that 70% of the benefits went to the richest 60% of Americans. A lot of people who end up going to school in the first place and taking out loans are still in the, in the upper middle of the income distribution. So it might be something you'd expect to hear from a like, slightly right of center news publication. But I don't think you hear enough of that, especially in that measured, reasonable tone. You know, when that's attached to a shitty fucking I'm on Fox News voice mm-hmm. it's harder to hear but i mean i don't know that's pretty palatable and I, I there's something to that right yeah i guess there is something to that i i think that um for a long time within 
the more progressive side of the Democratic Party, there's been some clamoring to do something about student debt. Um, and, you know, Biden wasn't going to be able to do anything that was going to go through the legislature. So this was something he could do as an executive order. I mean, I think they talk about it later on in the show. It, there are there are a couple of issues with the way he did it. One being, uh, what if I am now a 18-year-old graduate of high school and I go to school, uh, go, decide to go to college, you know, I, I take out loans, whatever. Um, and then... Is my expectation that I'm going to be forgiven that debt? Because this is this says this isn't this isn't only about previous buyers. This is somewhat open ended. Yeah, yeah, right. This actually could. I think they call it a moral hazard. On on well, yeah, because this could mean that anytime the Democrats think that they're going to lose an election, they'll just trot out another ten thousand. There's nothing to stop it. It is a interesting thing. Um, so there's that. There's also which, like, by the way, for people that owe about, a lot more than ten thousand, God forbid you drop another ten thousand on me. But yeah, right, right. I mean, dude, I know. Well, because that's my argument is that this, in in so many ways, this doesn't go far enough. Yet it's still, uh, it's not constitutional. Like this is well, this also, is valid under the Department of Education because of some loophole created in two thousand three to give the Department of Education authority to modify loans impacted by war or other emergencies. And they're using COVID and inflation as those emergencies. Even though this has been asked for for a decade. Okay, go ahead. It, it doesn't address the actual underlying no. issues. Which is what is this going to do to reduce cost. the cost of college? If anything, it's going to increase it because now colleges know that they are able to add more to the price tag because some of that price tag is being reduced by the federal government. Did you read that article I sent you by The Intercept last week? With, uh, I didn't see essentially, it. Essentially, The Intercept had an article last week claiming that uh, back in the 80s when Reagan was president, um, State colleges were sort of a there was a fomenting a protest against the government, um, and the claim was made by by this article that Reagan chose to increase the rates of California. Oh, state he had universities. a war with UCLA. Yeah, or with and the Berkeley. UC system. Yeah, yeah. Um, he shut down their campuses because of the protesting. Yes, right, right. And and he so so he his regime was intent on raising prices of education so that it would be less available to people because essentially he didn't want an educated proletariat is what there's what their claim is um and he felt that by increasing the price of education that less people would have access to it and therefore a more malleable population to govern that's that was the that's the, essentially that's what the article asserts i mean i i, Jesus. I think that's that, that is a, a Somewhat extreme position, but I can see it a little bit. I don't know. You know, I'm no fan of Reagan, but um, I don't know if I would push him that far. Um, anyways, it was an interesting, interesting read. If you, if you, uh, yeah, now probably get back out. to that. Yeah, I do yeah. know about him shutting down those campuses, but I can't remember sure. what context yeah. I was hearing that in. Well, um, yeah. Well, so it sounds like what you're saying is another thing that I was going to say was like what, what was needed is reform, not forgiveness. And if for forgiveness sure. is needed, it's needed for people that make. So the cap is hundred people that make less than one hundred twenty-five thousand a year, or households that make under two fifty combined income, mm-hmm. and. Right. That's an outrageous cap. I get that, like, if you live in San Francisco or San Diego or L.A., that's barely a living wage. But that's a reason to not live there. That's a reason to say, okay, I got my degree. I'm going to go live somewhere where I can pay off my loan. This is part of what I signed on for, right? You don't just get everything you want. There has to be some kind of trade-off. You're going to pay back what the price was that you thought was worth for that education to go into the line of work that you wanted to do. But, like... The other problem with it that I see is that there are people... 
thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people who made decisions on what they were going to do with their life. That's what I'm describing. Yeah. What education they were going to pursue based on the cost of it. And perhaps they decided not to go get a master's degree. Maybe they decided to go to a a technical school and learn how to be an HVAC technician. Right. Because of the cost made more sense. Yes. Uh, And and in retrospect, if you knew that you know, all that debt was going to be forgiven. Maybe you would have made a different decision. Actually, you're pissing me off. I hadn't thought about it from that perspective. That's 1,000% what happened to me. And I'm grateful that I'm into the trades. I wouldn't, no, I, but I, I wanted to be a history teacher. But... I wanted to be a history teacher. Yeah. And, I, and... I, I, I enjoy training and teaching people this. I, turns out that's kind of what I like more than anything is to like talking, getting through to people, seeing people learn something. But yeah. I also, if I were teaching anything, I love history. So why not combine them? And I said, well, that doesn't pay. And I'd owe more than I would yep. ever get paid to be able to afford that. So I didn't do that. And here I am working with my hands for a living with bad knees. Yeah. God damn I it, mean... Alan. You just made me. <laughs> God damn it, Alan. <laughs> Did I just rustle your jeans? Uh, yes, very much. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, I've, I've made decisions like that as well, which, you know, yeah. I, I yeah. would have made different decisions yeah. given these circumstances. Yeah, this so. does sound like a moral hazard. I think I'm on board with this center-right <laughs> argument. So is, is this just a handout that's time for elections and a population that can I mean, use some help? That is, doesn't need that is the sort of the right's argument is that this is just a that, that's not voters. fair but then the right always talks dimini- di- like dismissively saying like oh it's for these baristas that shouldn't have got a liberal arts degree and it's like no motherfucker i'm a nurse and i can't show up to this job without a fucking degree like so it costs money and yeah by the way i would have been eligible for this i paid money to go to my uh i paid about 10 grand to go to my trade school and it was yeah. It wasn't a ten grand of Pelican. By the way, but... my my dad texted me today that my sister is now a barrister. And when I first got the text, I thought he said barista, and I was yeah. like, "What the fuck? Why is she making coffee?" Yeah. And then I realized, oh no, bar- barrister. That's different. Well, congratulations. Um, oh yeah, she's yeah. she's killing it. She's coming down in a couple weeks. I might um, record something with her. Hell yeah. Oh, good. A little intro for why she doesn't yeah, listen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, like we said, like or like I said, you know, if you if if it turns out that in order to do what you want after high school you needed to go to the school that you thought was going to get you the career that you wanted then right. part of that decision after you've graduated is to live somewhere where you can afford to pay off your loan because that was what you agreed to and like for example do you want to know why i grew up in pueblo colorado do tell it's because my mom saw that it had one of the lowest costs of living in the country and she could live close to my grandparents who could watch me and she was on food stamps like yeah. and and she told me she was like man when i was able to get off food stamps i went into the office and i thanked the lady and nobody had ever thanked them before and they started crying like wow like it wow. but it's like it's part of like I, I mean i hate to use my trade school example i had to make sacrifices to do that i had to, i was working full-time at trader joe's getting paid well and i was unable to do that anymore if i was going to go to school like there was a trade-off for me on that small game risk i mean it's not right. a small game it's my fucking life but you might say yeah. it's a small game compared to your master's degree you elitist prick i'm joking <laughs> but like but like the, we all make those decisions and the consequences downstream are you pay like you get family to help you you get and if you don't have any of that then you think long and fucking hard before you just go after whatever someone says you should do after high school right all right and those are those and are I very don't, challenging don't like... difficult sobering decisions you have to make about your life and it's it's all you know it essentially it ends up being a math problem mostly um and this this completely fucks up the math i don't want to sound like because um, i think a lot of the people that say things that i sound like right now are anti-intellectual people and mostly on the right these days 
And and I don't want to be lumped into that. I I don't. I mean, I think our listeners I know think that you clearly aren't. Yeah. I'm very so sympathetic to I, the people that have put off life decisions because of their student loans. Like I am like, like a family and buying a house, like, cause that, that keeps you trapped in your situation. But I mean, I moved to Tennessee so I could do that. So fuck you. Like, I'm sorry. Like I, I would love to have stayed in San Diego. You think I wouldn't have rather stayed in San Diego? Like, of course. like, okay. Like I'm, I'm sorry, but we're all making sacrifices here. Right. I, I didn't you mean to get mad. You think it's best. I, was I, I think I lost. My honestly. Temper. So I, I do think that, I don't have a problem with some student debt forgiveness at all. I just right. my 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 problem is that it doesn't really address the actual problem. This didn't the restructure root. the the cost of college, right? Yeah, it, it didn't really address the root problem, and then all the moral hazard things that we just elucidated. I, yeah, I think yeah. that's the, that's an the issue. and and the cap was too high at one hundred twenty five thousand, and it, all despite all of that, it still wasn't enough money because almost no one is going to be like, oh, if it weren't for that 10 grand, I wouldn't have been able to live. No, this is fucking nothing. This is literally a lifesaver when you need a lifeboat. Yeah. It's like the, the water's freezing. You don't understand. <sighs> well, I think I made everyone mad. Can we move on? Um, <laughs> I, so. I have a I have a guy telling us why TikTok's uh, dangerous, but in oh. all fairness, he's from the Epoch Times, which I believe is a. Uh, I mean, they they're firmly anti communist China. Um, actually, I don't know enough about Epoch, Epoch Times. I believe they're a Chinese publication, but I could be wrong. But or they're a uh, they're. You know what? I shouldn't speculate. My my. I know nothing about my Epoch read Times. on them is that they're either like Taiwan or they're. They're expats, and they often they're critical they're, of the uh, government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, and I'll definitely am about to get an education on that from our listeners. Um, but uh, <laughs> so here's 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 a, obviously. I mean, Alan, I, I don't think we have any problem saying that we don't trust TikTok as an app. And here's someone talking in more detail about why. What people need to understand that that TikTok is a military application. It's design. It's a weaponized espionage application uh, to get every bit of information they possibly can off the phone, which they do. Uh, your whereabouts, how you go about your day, your access to other people access to technology intellectual property and things that you can be blackmailed on and so on so people need to understand that TikTok is a weaponized military application in the hands of our middle schoolers our kids our high school kids and our young adults if I'm not mistaken way sent that in I don't give him enough credit for some of the stuff he sends oftentimes they're just like articles that I really care about and end up talking on the show but I'm like how come I never call him out on all the shit he sends in so thanks way um nice, also nice. okay boomer to that guy because he's an old <laughs> fucking white dude i mean what i would say i think we talked about was it rogan was was mm-hmm, going off mm-hmm, about the mm-hmm. tos for yeah, tiktok a couple yeah. weeks ago the, but then that not, became the news you saw that was in the news last week they were like turns out it checks your keystrokes it's like wait was rogan right god damn it rogan well, was right no, again. but what i said then and what i'll say now is that that's not all that uncommon uh-huh. for tos apps. yes right the the difference though is that to this boomer's point <laughs> the difference is that this app is in the hands of a chinese company which we all understand every chinese company has to deal with the government and give the government access to whatever data they have as the government wants it um so that that does change things between you know something like your instagram app uh you know facebook isn't necessarily beholden to the u.s government as tiktok is right right and you know say my like photo editing app on my phone is probably a chinese app and it's you know as likely to be infiltrated as anything else but the level to which it is is probably less so because it's not as successful as a company as tiktok is sure. which is kind right. of the right. the metric it, that makes sense 
Yes. Okay. Uh, a little bit of a palate cleanser, something light before we go into our half, and then we'll come back and talk to Connor about why he's a Ron DeSantis guy. <laughs> yeah, please. Let's go. Uh, and when I say something light, I was being very sarcastic. Oh. Oh, I so Trudeau's fascist government Canada. and the uh, socialized medical system that we have uh, is taking a clear turn for even worse postures. Um, they seem to be offering now a free made, which is medically assisted suicide to all kinds of people. They're just offering this up. All right, I'm going to pause here because I'm going to pause it again later. Uh, okay. So in 2016, Canada legalized <laughs> medically assisted suicide. I paused her at a great spot. I'm going to send you a picture of that. So uh, Canada, what did I say? Canada legalized this. And so the the procedure that they legalized was that with two doctor's recommendations, you could go to a medical environment where they would assist you in committing suicide in a painless way at least ideally and um you know this would be for people that are terminal or under great suffering and there's no hope for them and over the years since 2016 that's been broadened and broadened as to what could be eligible for medically assisted suicide now that sounds kind of um that's been what she's talking about and what the, what this has been popular in the news the last week or so, as they've been talking about how like um, suicide is now or medically assisted suicide is now like a, a leading cause of death in Canada or maybe it was the leading cause of death in Canada. But these are either people that were going to die or kill themselves and wanted to do it in a humane way. Now, I, I, I have trouble with trusting the government with the power with the authority over that and i certainly see how people like this woman who as you listen more won't describe it as what i just described it as and you can see how they're they're it's ripe to be manipulated by bad actors like this woman to ex exaggerate what this what the reality of that is and here i'll play that and not just offering but pressuring people and saying you are a burden on the healthcare system it would be better if you die, if you take euthanasia. This is nothing short. If you take euthanasia, Alan, she's got a cup of euthanasia. Don't have any. Oh, yeah, maybe, are they making soil and green out there? Yeah. Now you this think, is something she said. That is straight up eugenics. All over, they are offering it to mentally ill people. I just saw her baby in the background move. I didn't realize that she's recording all this with her kid in the back seat. To disabled people, to people that they consider a burden, people. the elderly, things like that. This is outrageous. So none of that last part is true. And if they are, it, I mean, I, so first of all, I don't live in Canada. Um, I can only assume until I see evidence of it that that's an exaggeration. They're, they're, people aren't going around saying, holy shit, Canada's overcrowded. We got to get rid of all these cripples. Like that's not what's happening. But they may have, there may be, what I've seen is um, there was like a former soldier with PTSD and he claimed that his doctor brought up the option. And I don't have any idea what that conversation went like, right? But right. I really so struggle to yeah. imagine a doctor being like, hey soldier, why don't you just fucking kill yourself here instead of doing it in your garage? And if he did, it probably wasn't like that, right? I would imagine. I would so I, can, I just have a problem with how this has been popularized. And this strikes me as like a peak culture war. Like it's very ripe for culture warriors to get online. And I mean, this, how many hits does this have? 
Um, just got 1,200 retweets and 1,900 likes. So I guess it's not crazy, but maybe she, I don't know if she's even, do you get what I'm saying though? Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, I remember back when the whole Kevorkian thing was happening in, yeah. in, in Oregon. Yes. And, uh, Dr. Kevorkian, I lived, he, he also lived it. He did what he, he starts, Jesus Christ. He was from Michigan originally. And I lived in Royal Oak. He lived in Royal Oak. And, um, oh, okay. across the street from one of the bars I went to upstairs, people would point at me like, yeah, that was one of his offices. Interesting. Yeah. And I always felt like, uh, given those circumstances that seemed humane to allow that to, to be and to allow that to happen. Um, I, I, ethically, I think it makes sense. Um, obviously nobody should be coerced into that or, you know, somebody in a dark place, you know, being offered that as an option by a doctor is seems horrific. Um, as opposed to somebody whose just quality of life has deteriorated so much that it's, you know, it seems like the best option. Um, but yeah, this seems very much overblown. I I haven't seen evidence that would make me think that that what she's asserting there is actually happening. no. And but I don't know, but I haven't seen it. Right? Yeah. I mean, I I would not be so bold to say is that that's not happening. But I don't think she fucking knows. I think she's seen. You know, these are telephone game type shit. You know, and sure. And, yeah. Um, I I would say though, my gut reaction to any of this is. If there's no government, you can fucking kill yourself if you want. And I'm not saying anyone should, right? Like we've talked, we talk we about suicide talked frequently about, yeah. on the show and think people yeah. know how we stand on this. And, you know, it's something we take seriously. But, uh, however, we talk openly on this podcast. So mm-hmm. allow me to talk openly on the subject. Yes. I don't please. see why the, like, if anything, this isn't, this is an expansion of your freedoms. And, you know, in the most perplexing way possible or you know it's a morally bending way possible this is an expansion of your freedoms like if you don't have the right to end your own life then what freedom do you actually have now it can be a sin it can be horrible to everyone that loves you and all the problems of course we don't like about it but if you don't have autonomy over yourself then what what freedom do you have now we don't want to make that argument that's not the way you make an argument for freedom but i don't i don't uh I don't see this as a bad thing that the government has opened up people's ability to do that in a humane way. I agree. Well, anyway, I'm sorry. And I always dance around, you know, your personal history. I don't mean, yeah. No. can yeah. I tell you how my mom did it? Yeah. She, um, drove to a, a, a friend's house. Like they lived in like a, a community, right? Like not a gated community, but like a development, let's say Uh huh. she drove to the development parked outside of it so like not not like they couldn't see her Uh she was near them where they lived okay and she just downed an entire bottle of alcohol and put the seat back and went to sleep and uh, asphyxiated her in her sleep and that's how she went out no way yeah it almost doesn't feel like the like it should let your body should let that yeah, but yeah. that's that's what, especially it's, when you do yeah. that. And that yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, the cops had to break the windows or the firemen, whatever, EMTs yeah. had to break the window to get her out, and she was already gone. So, I mean, yeah. it's the right thing to say I'm sorry, but also realize how stupid that sounds. Yeah, you know, it's 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 history at this point. Yeah. But, you know, that's, do you think that's about why. that a lot? I don't think about it a lot anymore. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when it comes up, I, I it, you know, I do think about it. It doesn't affect me the way it did, you know, obviously when I was younger. But, um, that's why the subject is such a big deal for me. 
This is the B-side of our platter, sports fans. And I'm singing just for you, covered in sequins. <laughs> in the canyons of your mind I will wander through your brain To the ventricles of your heart, my dear I'm in love with you again Why is it that we're always on the same fucking page? Like, everything has changed. I'm in a different venue. I barely did anything. I stood and looked out the window and came back and... Still, we sat down and put our headphones on at the same time. Right? That's that's that's, 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 uh, that's how yeah. we do it. Hey, I really like. Uh, if I can just say, I I really like that I do a show with a friend of mine, and that we can be this vulnerable with each other. So, uh, you know that, you know, in one, a way that uh, one guy can say that to another guy in 2022, <laughs> I, I'm grateful for that too. Right? Like. We don't live in the 50s where we're just like, well, I guess I'll never talk to you again since we've shared that. Yeah. I agree completely. Yeah. I agree completely. Um, well, so normally when we come back from half, uh, well, first of all, I have a witty retort, but um, I'm just oh, yeah. going to save them. Um, normally, actually, here's the witty retort. Normally, we open up our coming back from half with our making fun of the right, then making fun of the left. And I'll say... For our making fun of the right segment, here's our interview with friend of the show, <laughs> Connor Mortel, Ron DeSantis supporter, here to tell us why. Why? Connor, are you with us? Oh, there you go. Look at that. <laughs> Welcome to the Dress party. For the pal. Occasion. Yeah. I was in oh. Panama City Beach a few weeks ago and I thought, you know, I need to make sure to be ready for the podcast this year. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, man. What's nice. the hat say? The hat, it's the Disneyland logo. DeSantis Land. DeSantis Land. Oh, good grief. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. I hate you so much already. <laughs> I, I said you? to Dustin the other day, I was like, man, you guys' podcast audio only. I'm doing this bit just for YouTube, but I don't even care. <laughs> no, we appreciate the bit. All right. As promised, welcome back to the show, friend of the show, Connor Mortel. Did I say your name right this time? I was kicking myself last time. I was like, I never practiced his last name before. And then I heard you on all the other podcasts you've been guests on i was like oh i said it wrong until right now i didn't realize you'd said it wrong last time you actually just sold yourself out you but you got it right this time for sure you you know what i don't believe you because my last name's always said wrong and i always notice it but you i appreciate how graceful you are about this you're very kind so uh connor mortel uh the man behind the constitution of no authority instagram and twitter account mises university graduate and one hell of a model extremist connor (laughs) how are you doing I am absolutely fantastic. I could not be happier to be back on None Taken. This is my one of my all-time favorite podcasts, and it's certainly one of the most fun to come on. Well, I can't control myself, and I wiggled in my chair because I still <laughs> like compliments that much. So thank you. for that. Flattery will get you yeah. everywhere, sir. Awesome. We appreciate that, man. Thank you for coming back. Uh, what is a Mises okay, University well, graduate? So the Mises University itself is a one-week program that is, in theory, it's designed for someone who doesn't know Austrian economics at all to have like a semester-long course in it jammed into one week, like suddenly all forced on you. 
in reality, most people who are there come from a pretty strong base level. It's very rare that someone actually doesn't know it all. I uh, my my full experience there, I was actually the uh, the. Oh, gosh, I can't remember my job title. Something along the lines of research You're... assistant to the president. Some made up businessy words. <laughs> but I was, I was, uh, these libertarians always just pulling shit out of their ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I was, I was an intern at the Institute all summer this summer and it, uh, culminated with the Mises University. But I also was a part of the Rothbard graduate seminar, which is a week long intensive on a, uh, this year we did it on Murray Rothbard's Tower and Market. And then I, week in, week out, worked with uh, Jeff Dice, who, if your listeners don't know, I highly recommend you would look him up. One of the smartest men that's ever lived. You and can plug his podcast I here. Basically, what'd you say? You can plug his podcast here. Well, I, well, I will say, I'm not going to plug all of them. Don't, don't stop watching None Taken for it. <laughs> but if you had to one week stop watching None Taken, I might find the episode that was co-hosted by Connor Mortel of the Human that's Action Podcast. <laughs> Hey, you can do both. Um, you yeah. can. You can yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I listen to 13 hours of podcasts a day, so you don't have to. So, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, let's get into okay, it. So, I, I want actually go listen ahead. to 26 hours of podcasts a day because I listen to 13 and then I listen to yours and I get another 13 ah, from it. See, there you see, go. This is this is why people don't trust these Austrian economics. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Um, let let's let's get into why we have you here. Um, a couple weeks back, I. I, last week's show, I had a clip from the Reason Roundtable podcast, that libertarian rag, uh, <laughs> where they were uh, one of the editors, because it's a, it's a roundtable of the editors for the magazine, and one of the editors had a bit of a rant, uh, and I was like, well, shit, that's kind of how I feel. So I identify with this person, uh, but if you have anything to say, please direct your complaints towards them. Are you okay if I play that as sort of like a setup, and then we can kind of get into it back and forth? I'm totally okay. I listened to it an hour ago, and I'm already blanking on what it was. So I, I definitely need to listen <laughs> to it again. Right, because like I feel like this could go in a million different directions, um, and I'd like to keep us sort of within the areas that are important to us, like why he bugs okay, me yeah. in particular. So, yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so here's that. Yeah, I think that's a real problem, because DeSantis, with, yeah. uh, with the Stop Woke Act and with the, uh, the social media law that he passed, he, he put both of those laws... He signed both of those laws knowing that they were unconstitutional. Not it wasn't just like lefty ACLU guys saying, hey, we're going to challenge this. This was, you know, right of center constitutional experts were like, yeah, this is a stunt. This is just for, you know, sort of playing to the base and the courts are going to put a stop to it. And Ron DeSantis was just like, I don't care. I'm going to go ahead and do this anyway, because I want the attention that is going to come from signing these laws into effect. And so there's two things that are that are bad about that. One is it's bad to sign laws that are probably almost certainly unconstitutional. And the second is I don't care for politicians who engage in that sort of stunt policy where the policy isn't a real thing that is intended to go into effect. It is instead just gener just designed to generate attention for the politics for the politician designed to make people mad designed to sort of uh, get people talking about how Ron DeSantis is the worst or the best, or he's the only one, you know, he's the bulwark between us and the stupid woke left or whatever that sort of 
that sort of look at me policy making is corrosive and not helpful to the polity. And Ron DeSantis loves that stuff because it's what gets people talking about Ron DeSantis. It doesn't actually, in the end, do anything to advance even the goals that he wants, much less the the ones that, that I have here. And so I think it's a real problem that the Republican Party has... Uh, has decided to go with either, you know, it really seems like it's either going to be Trump or DeSantis who ends up with the nomination in 24. And um, either one of those guys is somebody who is just a showman, who is just somebody who says, who wants attention for its own sake and because they believe that it's politically valuable and will help their political careers. Neither of them have policy agendas that they are working, you know, diligently and like in a kind of competent sort of gubernatorial governor, you know, governing sort of way to advance. And the Republican Party base, you know, I mean, I, you, I guess you can understand why they would go that that route, because the Republican Party base does not itself seem to have much of a policy agenda, certainly like a national economic policy agenda. All right. That's as good a place to stop it as any. Um so a lot was said there. Uh, I, I think it's probably fair to just let you kind of I'm, I'm sure you had some thoughts that you were ready. You were prepared to share coming into this. Uh, maybe coupled with that. What, what defend yourself, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've, I've got a couple thoughts on that. Um, first thing I'm going to say, uh, my my libertarian people tend not to be fans of reason. And I want to give uh-huh. them a little shout out uh-huh. because I uh, I have a couple buddies over at reason. And um, in the words of Donald J. Trump, there are good people on both sides. I don't <laughs> very, know. very fine people, very fine no. people. <laughs> no, um, no I, I do have some buddies over there, so they do put out some good work. So I wanted to give them yeah. a little, a yeah. little nod there. But I also, I understand um, but, the, the people there that are frustrating too. But I mean, like, the, okay, there are on, people yeah. there that frustrate me, but there are also some really good Rothbard. In particular, there's a, uh, they've got a guy in charge of their video production. His name is John. He's absolutely phenomenal over there. But then um, off of what he actually said, my first, like, very semantic uh, complaint, you, you guys said I'm, I'm the constitution of no authority guy. When they say it's not constitutional, I'm not that hurt by it. <laughs> but uh-huh. that being said, I recognize their overarching point more than just that it's not the constitution. It's, it's the principles that the constitution represents that they're upset about, and I can get behind that. Okay. Uh, so with the... With the don't say gay bill, I mean, he said the anti-woke stuff, but we all know the big one is the don't say gay bill. And then with the other stuff, he said, he actually made this point for me better than I ever could, that those bills don't really do anything. Like at the end of the day, the the don't say gay bill was not DeSantis's bill. It was some right wing representative's bill that they ran. And some lobbyists came at DeSantis and DeSantis didn't back down from the fight and he made it his. But at the end of the day, that bill was limited to children under the age of eight without parental consent. So if you spoke to the parents beforehand about any topic, it was still on limits. And if they were above the age of eight, you could still talk to them without parental consent. It was the right wing equivalent of virtue signaling or whatever they want to, whatever word they (laughs) want to call it. Yeah. It, nothing actually changed when that bill and the the guy in the reason round table said the same thing where he said it's really not achieving what ron DeSantis what ron DeSantis wants it's achieving getting people talking about ron DeSantis. right i 
see his criticism there as a glowing endorsement of Ron DeSantis. <laughs> what I'm hearing is that he was not able to actually get any government work done with that. No actual, no real goals were achieved. It just got people talking. And then Murray Rothbard once wrote, I want to say it was in his uh, strategy for right-wing populism, but, you know, Murray Rothbard allied with a lot of different people over his career. I know it was either when he was allying with the left-wing populists in the 60s or the right-wing populists in the 90s. He was writing that, the status quo really, really, really likes politics to be boring. When politics is boring, now he didn't use these particular examples, but when politics is boring, we get George W. Bush and Barack Obama, and we give Nobel Prizes to people who bombed hospitals. And we talk about George Bush where we say, oh, well, you know, I know he started all these wars. I know he got us into that recession, but ah, that Texas twang, I could have a beer with that young guy. And don't, don't forget John McCain, Maverick. <laughs> well, yeah, I did, yeah. Exactly. That's exactly the kind of stuff. I, I, I hear you on that. I hear you on that. But am I cutting you off if I say, like, is that really, is that what, is that the type of um, political environment that you want to be living in? Is that the dysfunction that you want to see expand through all throughout government? And and now that that would have to be with the caveat of you don't get what you really want, which I really want too, which is all the shit to get reformed. Like if you still get the same structure and these people running it, I think that's really dangerous. So I kind of dis. I mean, I don't disagree. Like you and I have very similar goals. So I I probably may take a few things a little further than you as far as goals go. But at the end of the day, we're in the same ballpark here. Yeah. Um, it's it's a matter of getting there. I don't think we have the same people running it. We've By the got, way, Michelle uh, Obama uh, calls what you just said. We're on the same bus. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but um, are either of you guys familiar with Blake Masters? I heard the name, but no. Alan doesn't ring a bell. I have no. no doubt Alan won't like him because Alan and I are not on the same bus. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think Dustin necessarily will be a fan either because he is one of these. He's one of the. He gets lumped in with a. Uh, oh God, what's her name? The the one who said they're a Jewish space laser. Uh, three times. Margaret, Margaret, Margaret three times. Yeah. He he gets lumped in with her crowd, but he has been one of these kind of Republican senators who has risen in the post-Trump world the same way DeSantis did. And when you look at the attack ads people run on him, in fact, anyone can pull it up right now, It's one is the violent fantasies of Blake, McMa- Blake Masters, and the other one is fakeblakemasters.com. I think I've got those right. Okay. If you, if you pull up these, they're the things that his Republican enemies have targeted him for, for being, oh, wow, we got you, how dare you. And his, his, his horrible, horrific things he did were that 10 years ago when he was a college kid, he wrote articles for the Mises Institute and for LouRockwell.org. And obviously that's not DeSantis, but that's, that's the world I see opening up around Ron DeSantis. Under Ron DeSantis' legislature, we had, uh, we had Anthony Sabatini, who is by no means a libertarian. He you, he's, he's been went, in your... Uh... You, you've, you've, he's been um, in your scope quite a bit lately. He has been in my scope, too. I know him personally from uh, back when I used to work for the Florida House. And, and I, I don't think we said this. You're a Florida man. I am a Florida man. I, uh, I was born and raised in the happiest seaside town in America, Stewart, Florida, also the selfish capital of the world. I, uh, I 
graduated high school and I went off to uh, went off to TCU in Texas. And after four years, I came back to work for the Florida House of Representatives for two years. And now I'm at Florida State University. So I'm I'm all kinds of Florida over here. I'm very just much bath salts man. and methamphetamines. I'm just kidding. <laughs> meth, meth everywhere. Yeah. Well, and in fact, I, I will say that that actually is a large part of the reason I am a DeSantis fan, because I have a much more individualized experience with him, whether it was through my experience with the legislature, seeing him in action or just being a Florida man who I think has experienced more liberty because I'm living under him. But mm-hmm. what I was going to say with Anthony Sabatini was that Sabatini is without a doubt a MAGA guy. Yes. So I'm not going to pretend he's your he's your buddy. Yeah. But Sabatini also, since Ron DeSantis has come to the spotlight, has gone from I mean, don't get me wrong, he's not it's not like he's abandoned Trump, but he lost to a Trump supporter. Mm. He lost to someone who out Trumped him because he had turned to DeSantis I see. in his congressional campaign. Okay. But that's because during his time in the state under DeSantis, he started going this year he went on Ron Paul's Liberty Report. He he's gone on a bunch of these libertarian podcasts and he He's not on the bus with you and I, but he's sitting at the bus stop. Okay. That, that, right. that tracks it all. Yeah, talking about chocolate and, and he, things like that. He was standing <laughs> in the building he, next door. Life's like a box of chocolates. Yeah. Life's like yeah, a bag exactly. of Skittles. It all looks yeah. different colors, but it ends up tasting the same. <laughs> but he he was standing next door prior to Ron DeSantis uh, because all that Trump crowd, most of Trump's supporters don't care about Trump. They cared about the fact that he had pissed off the people mm-hmm. they don't like. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I don't like, like, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I'm yes, saying I don't I care for DeSantis, but because I don't, I don't like want a continuation Trump. of that. But I, think I, that I think DeSantis, that the critique, the critique that he makes that in there about sort of stunt politics, I mean, all politicians on some levels practice stunt politics. I think Trump took it to, like, an apex, right? He just did tr- stunt politics like crazy. Um but is it really used? You're saying that the ends justifies the means. Essentially, if it gets him people talking about him, that 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 makes that okay. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, I think that it damages what politicians are. It damages democracy when when what matters is a stunt as opposed to the the intent. Um, Dustin's smiling because I think he knows yeah. some of my response to that already. <laughs> you said the D word. I kind of, I kind of, I said the D word, Alan. I know, I know. So I got a couple points. One, as far as the ends justify the means go, I think the ends that have happened thus far have justified the means that have happened thus far. I don't want to give an overarching the ends justify the means. Um, I was sure you I don't want to like rubber a, stamp that forever because you don't know what may come. Yeah, I, so, sure. Yeah. Exactly. I would say I, but I would say like with the stunt politics thing, I don't think that stunt politics to get people talking about it in general always is like I, I would say that um, some people who I support a little less, somebody like an AOC or a Bernie Sanders type who as a Mises Institute guy, obviously I'm not behind them. They get people talking about stuff that I don't want them talking about. I know, but I hate that, too, though. And I I get that. So I don't want to say that the ends justify the means. But what I will say is in Ron DeSantis' Florida, what they're talking about, whether it's what Ron DeSantis said or not, is freedom. When I go out to the sandbar, I see 50 Ron DeSantis flags of people who have no idea any of the bills Ron DeSantis has passed. 
but they now believe in no, we shouldn't be able to lock our house down. No, we shouldn't be able to. Yeah, people but, shouldn't be able to shut us down. And that's something that most of these people probably would not have jumped on board with, with without stun policy. Sure, but is it an expansion of your freedom for vax mandates to tell companies that they're not free to decide how to manage their employees or regulating tech companies for free speech or use of tax policies as culture war fodder? Like, those are the, those are like... I, I think... By, by the way, I do it, not want you to feel like you're being ambushed, by the way. Like, I'm... Well, I'm very. I'm actually. I've I've already written a letter to the Apple Podcast. Now. Like, this is, this, this For has been too much and harassment. No. no. Um. But so I'm not going to come on here and claim Ron DeSantis is a libertarian. That's that's one thing I'm not going to try and do. I I'm going to claim that he's made a world where libertarians have an opportunity. Okay, and I can I can he, see that. Like you and, weren't going to get that yeah. under Rick Scott, right? Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. I'll gladly I, – I know I'm looking more Republican now with my Republican blazer here. I'm willing to say I, I am anti-Rick Scott. I'll go out on that <laughs> Well, I, I don't mean to defer this. I know we're three things from the first thing we were talking about here, but I, I will say this is as good of a setup for this as ever. Are you, like all libertarians, really just a secret Republican? <laughs> you know, I will say, and you guys are actually going to hate me for this, I registered as a Republican yesterday. So wow! So that you can vote in the primary, or what? Um, I or just for funsies did it because I'm pissed off at the Libertarian yeah, Party. Fair, fair. I can relate to that. I, uh, you don't. You know I what? You want to get mad at me? You want to exchange these? I registered as a Democrat so I could vote for Bernie in a primary in California. So, <laughs> but I, uh, so I, I, I don't know how familiar your audience is with what happened with the Libertarian Party this year, but the leadership that took it over. We're actually more my people. Like, I know Dustin is not happy with them. I think Dustin and I are not I, get, happy with I don't them like them because they do the things that we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I don't think that it's helpful. But I I, I don't like them because they didn't do the things I'm talking about nearly to the extent I thought they would. Like, this week they had a big anti-Megan McCain attack <laughs> that got on the Tim Pool show, and it was it went there was a moment it was trending on Twitter where Libertarian Party in New Hampshire was trending. And then they apologized for it. And I was like, guys, what's the point of being a third party if you're going to apologize for ridiculous beliefs? Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're not, if the one time people are talking about you, you say, oh, guys, actually, you know what? You're right. About I, I regret that. Sure. Uh-huh. I'm like, look, you, you've done nothing. I, so I, I really registered because I wanted to unregister as a libertarian because I'm, I'm frustrated with the leadership that they also... They pissed me off by running a governor candidate against DeSantis, so I've been on I've been on edge with them all summer. But that is obviously my own stance. I wouldn't expect you to agree with that one. Well, okay, so I feel like wait, Alan, feel free to tag in here. I can hold off of what I was about to say. No, what I was going to say is, can I ask? Do you have any critiques of Ron DeSantis' yes. policies or governing? So the first one, and I will say this comes with a caveat because I don't think that this will hold true as it goes forward. Okay. Ron DeSantis has a bad history on foreign policy. Um, most That's most libertarians kind of, when they want to criticize Ron DeSantis, that's the libertarian way of doing it, typically. Um, I have defended him on that front, largely because I, I obviously am a fan of his, and I, I, do want, I do think that he's moving the world in a better direction, and no one's, no one's fighting well on the foreign policy on the other end against him. If they were, I'd probably have a different tone. That what are the specific I, foreign policy things that are problematic he, in your view? 
so he's got a he's he's hawkish on Iran and he's hawkish on China. Oh, fucking great! And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't like I, that I, at all. I, I, that, by, when this comes out, I was like, "Are we going to go to war with Iran in Iraq? Is that about to fucking happen?" So, <laughs> like the, the the defense I have for him for that, and he has every opportunity to blow it on this defense because this is depends on his future actions. Um, when he was hawkish on Iran and China. He was Congressman Ron DeSantis mm. living in another world. Mm. Ron DeSantis was born in 2020, as far as I'm really <laughs> concerned. His so, past policies are not... He, but do, he, do you he, not hear I, the similarities between that and Trump became a Republican when he went down that escalator? Like... I, I totally agree that he became a Republican when he went down that escalator, and I don't support I, Trump. Connor, I, I don't think, know how to communicate I, with you right now. Like, I, I, we agree on so much. I, I feel like I'm not any closer to understanding you this far into this. Okay, so I, here, hold on. I'll, I'll say this a little better on the thing. I think Trump became an, a Republican when he went down that escalator. I don't think the Republican Trump became was someone I liked. Uh-huh. The, the Ron DeSantis that was born in 2020 is someone I liked because okay. that Ron DeSantis, obviously, he fought the COVID mandates. And the way he did that, I think he's a hero for it. Um, as far as my criticism of him goes, my point is that I don't know, now that it's his Republican Party, if he'll behave as a foot soldier and support the Iran hawk, China hawk thing he was doing, or if he'll try and spin it as some, I mean, he's never going to get up and say, well, we are anti-war here in America and we shouldn't do this, blah, blah, blah. But if he stood up and said, we're America first and we shouldn't be sending our boys to go die over there, I'd be willing to take it. However, until he says that, his foreign policy history is bad. Hmm. My other criticism, and this this comes at a caveat again because all the... I'm on none taken, so I can get into the more nuanced <laughs> stuff. Yes, 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 we do that. That's um, why we want this, yes. Dustin already mentioned um, of him not allowing private business. Yeah, thank you. I was afraid that was going to get lost. Back. Please, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that almost got that almost got put. I will say, if anyone were to go Google Connor Mortel Mises Institute Ron DeSantis, you would find my second article I ever wrote. Of, Which is of, why I'm upset Institute. with you about this. It's like I remember reading that and being state like, fuck yeah, Connor. of local government are a bad thing. The title is State Preemptions of Local Government are a Bad Thing, Even When Ron DeSantis Does It. Okay. I basically wrote what you would expect as a libertarian argument of, I don't care if it's the great and mighty Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis doesn't get to tell Orlando how to act, doesn't get to tell... Martin County, how to act. Mm-hmm. Um, that is still anti-libertarian. I'm not going to even try and try and say otherwise. I personally am intensely grateful. I had a pro-lockdown mayor at the time, and had he not done that, I would have been out of a job. I have my own gratitude for it because he, and even now, you know, I, I work in a school where there are certainly people who are probably not happy that I'm unvaccinated and it very much helps me that I can't, and I'm not going to take my personal out of it, that I personally have benefited from his less libertarian actions. The other thing to it, I um, so I've always been a big fan of uh, Hans Hermann Hoppe, mm-hmm. who's a... Triple H. He might be on the wall behind me. No, he's not. Um, so one of his things, and he's a more controversial figure in the libertarian community, but one of his things that I always loved was uh, he... He believes that the path to freedom 
is not to have a country where there we've we've got Ron Paul in as president and he canceled every federal agency and he's done everything. His path to freedom, his dream was 10,000 Lichtensteins, where mm-hmm. every one of them has laws, every one of them has functions, every one of them has a government, but there are these 10,000 city-states and you can find your world of freedom because, you know, I, like I said, I want to live in a world where it's okay for me to not be vaccinated. I, I want to, but at the same time, I don't want to live in a world where Justin has to work with me because he doesn't like that I'm unvaccinated. I don't know your stance, honestly. I, I disregard just, no, you're fine. just using that as a hypothetical. Um, and in a world where public property exists, mm-hmm. it is impossible for us Wait, to public not or private? integrate public, public okay. property. Okay. In a world where that exists, it is impossible for you and I not to want to integrate in some capacity or another. Right. So my dream, and I'd rather it happen at a local level. However, there are 47 states that when Ron DeSantis passed that law, there were 47 states that passed a, it doesn't matter what your county says, you have to lock down. Yeah. And Ron DeSantis gave one state where he said, look, anyone who doesn't want to be locked down, come over here. This, I, if Ron DeSantis runs for president, I may or may not vote for him. It depends on his campaign right now. I'd probably lean towards it, but I would, if Dave Smith ran the standard claim, man, I've loved Dave Smith. Dave Smith made me a libertarian in many ways. But man, I've been running out of steam with Dave Smith. I, you know what? I'm glad Dave to hear Smith. that from someone else. He just that his whole claim of always being the most consistent motherfucker in the room just doesn't hold water to me. And he has a lot of inconsistencies and has a lot of logical fallacies. But he says it in a confident and humorous way that you're like, oh yeah, I agree with you. And then minutes later, you're like, wait, that doesn't match with the other thing you said. There was this. I I blame the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus for turning Dave Smith inconsistent. Yeah, Dave Smith. <laughs> Dave Smith was the most consistent mother effer, you know, a couple of years ago when I started listening to him. And he may he may have had opinions that you disagreed with, mm-hmm. but there was consistency to mm-hmm. them. Like he was he had a reason for each one and it all tracked mm-hmm. with each other. Um, ever since he started talking about running, every time I hear him say anything at all, because I. He's pro-life, and he's in the libertarian community, which is not as pro-life. And when he first started, you know, becoming pro-life after he had his kid was when he had this big change Magically, it's when he had a child coming into the world. He suddenly, <laughs> it's like, everybody I know that does that, I'm like, I don't just have the courage of your convictions. But, um, but what I was going to say was, uh, after that happened, he came out hard pro-life. When he became the Mises Caucus president guy, he started saying... Well, I'm pro-life, but, Mm -hmm. and now whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, I hate the, especially as the voice of a movement, like when I'm listening to None Taken, which is literally, as you guys describe it, like the place for nuance, I'm all for the but. Yeah. But when I see it where I know you believe otherwise, because I'm hearing it, and I just see this but, because now I don't want to push that guy away, Right. that just, that just turns me away so much. And ever since he's been running for president, you when you listen to him talk, you can hear the moment he remembers he's running for president <laughs> where he says, I'm, I believe, yada, yada, yada. 
there's this bonus item. He goes, oh, but, and he'll drop whatever it is, like, um. Wait, well, so would you say conversely that that's why you're you're still so supportive of of DeSantis, that he has remained in the positions that he has been, and it's somewhat consistent within his... I love that about DeSantis, that I can't make a libertarian claim that that's a reason people should behave that way. I can appeal to human human nature. I uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Tho Bishop of the Mises Institute. Um, he's the uh, basically the libertarian DeSantis guy. I'm here being Tho Bishop Jr. <laughs> um, <but laughs> you guys are friends, aren't Tho you? Bishop. Uh, yeah. So Tho and I hung out a good bit this summer when I was um, when I was at the uh, the internship, and yeah. then at the end of the summer, I went down. He lives in Panama City, so I went to went to his place and I went to the Bay County uh, Republican Party with him and saw his world. Um, yeah, he's a great guy, but he's a big believer in the great man theory of history uh, and sold yeah. me a lot on it this yeah. summer. Yeah. And it's basically saying, look, there's never been a revolution run by ideas. We have ideas attached to the revolution when we write the history and when they give the speeches. No, it's the whole Will Durant but, um, volumes of history. It's all centered around the great man. Yeah, exactly. And DeSantis, whether or not he's a good man, may be up for debate. But that man is a great man who makes people rally behind him. Say those people. And, those people make me very nervous. I see the same thing in that that I saw on Trump, and, well, and, and it's, those, those those, they become people. demagogues. Am I? I never know if it's demagogues or the other word that sounds like it. But it, it, well, and and if I can give a uh, give a book recommendation here, uh, Patrick Newman's Cronyism: Liberty versus Power. And if you guys don't want to read because you're lazy, they did a podcast version of it called Liberty versus Power. And it won't take you away from none taking because it's only 11 episodes. Yeah, and I'll listen to it and talk about it here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure we'll have a synopsis. Yeah. Exactly. But it it has a lot. It's the whole cronyism of the U.S. government. But one of its major themes, and they get into it a lot in the the podcast version. They talk about it in Pair DeSantis to it because the podcast was recorded uh, more with today's government in mind. Um, But Andrew Jackson's a major figure in the book. Fuck that guy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I mean, I hope you like the Civil War, because yeah. if it weren't for Andrew Jackson, like... Well, well uh... what I was going to say was Andrew Jackson was the first figure to ever make the people care about economics. Now, he did some other things that Dustin is not a fan of, <laughs> but um, he was the first ever... American president? In America uh-huh. to, make someone, to make the average guy care about economics... And he vetoed the central bank. Hmm. It's there are certain things where I agree that, for example, Andrew Jackson, certain people can get too much power and can, like you said, become dangerous because they rally the people. But so I was listening to this great podcast last week called None Taken. <laughs> and on it, the get the the host, Dustin, was arguing with the other host, Alan. And not arguing, you know, none yeah. taken, but um, discussing. You're having a conversation about whether or not private prisons were possible. And Dustin said, "My worldview is never possible, so I get to sit over here at the side and yeah. say I was right." Yeah. yeah. If we don't have a big swinger, our worldview is never possible. This is the first time steps told towards my worldview have been possible in my day. 
and that excites me. Okay, I can I see mean, that. I can see that. I can see the appeal to someone saying because it's because it. I think cynically, I could distill that down to oh well, this is. This is the best of, you know, options that are never going to be what you like anyways. You're not going to vote for a Democrat. You're not going to vote for any Republican that's a Rick Scott or a regular Republican. But if it's someone who's getting you closer towards the libertarian world that you want, then that's the most positive potential. I will just say to that, and I'll tie it back to the whole great man thing, is what I get nervous about with great man most specifically is you look at every story of the great man in history, and it always ends bad. It always ends poorly because of the changes that took place to the, the the countries that they governed while they were the ones that accumulated and acquired power. And if uh, if I can, I don't believe that he's a libertarian. I, I don't think that's up for debate. I think no, yeah, he might no one, be a, no a, a folk libertarian, maybe. I think he uses anti-authority as a means of getting authority for an end. And it's always an end for his uh, his own best interest. Um, you know, he's like a thin blue line sticker on a car that speeds, cut people's off, and runs red lights. All, yes, Connor, all while drinking and driving. <laughs> no, never forget what they took from us. <laughs> you know what? I would say, for, from my perspective, DeSantis he, is very much like Trump with a brain. Uh, I mean, I've said it on the show before. I think that if Trump actually could have, like, gotten his himself together and actually pursued things like in a you know excited fashion he probably could have gotten some shit done probably shit i wouldn't like but maybe i don't know um but he didn't he was all over the place right DeSantis seems very focused he seems like you know he he whatever he's attempting to achieve he just goes for it and that's he's single-minded in that way um so i ask you what you think about that secondly what do you think about his obsession with like Twitter and Facebook and Trump being kicked off the platforms, etc.? Um, and then lastly, so what are the specific things of his platform that you think align with your libertarian values? Okay, three there. I'll, I'll get all three of them. First one. I lost the first one already. Well, I was going to say, I, Connor can do this because he doesn't do drugs. <laughs> the first one, is, he seems very much like Trump, but but more single-minded, oh, yeah. more oh, focused. Yeah, that one's, that one's easy to answer because you're objectively correct. Okay. Ron DeSantis is a much smarter version of Trump. I mean, there's, right. he, that's, I, I'm not even going to argue with that. He knows I, how to stand no. normally. He wears normal suits. Like He can <laughs> drink water with one hand. <laughs> I, I will say with that, I think when I say smarter, I also mean he... He's smarter on certain issues. Like, I don't just mean that he's Trump if Trump knew how to get stuff done. I think he's got a Trumpism to him, but he's wildly smarter than uh, Trump. Uh, Granted, that's one of the lowest bars in the world. You give me Indeed. a choice between Indeed. them two. I'm If it's between them two, I'm going to pick DeSantis. Like, I would have so some hope I for have, higher competency. I, I have to say... Now, I, I agree with you. If it's between them two, I'm going to pick DeSantis because I picked DeSantis. <laughs> I, I actually think that it'd be much better if I, if I were coming at it from a Democrat perspective, if Trump were the one, the guy, DeSantis is going to, A, get stuff done, like you said, mm-hmm. and B, DeSantis pisses off the left, but not like Trump does. And as a result, Trump is going to rally every random democrat to go out to for every other election i don't know how that presidential election goes but trump gives them a bullet in the mm, chamber if I he's understand. running yes that's true so and I, I, I have no interest in another trump presidency 
I'm just from a strategic perspective, if I were a Democrat, that's always what I've kind of thought. I don't think DeSantis gets people to the polls against him the way that Trump does. He doesn't rally the Democrats the way that Trump did. Yeah, they, um, Democrats would have that. to do a lot of work to get that base riled up I, it, rather than how Trump okay. rents. I can see that. What were your other questions? The second one. All right, the second one, I know the third question was what specifically do I like, but I want to end on that. Or, like, end the, these three on The that. second was one the second? was more his obsession with, with like, Twitter and Facebook. Social and, them and, and social free speech, media yeah. Companies, yeah. I, I don't think that much about it. At the end of the day, I, um, it, again, if you were to, a, uh, to run a Google search of my name on the Mises Institute, you'd find an article where I say the Austrians were right about social media all along. It's, you got to let the free market decide. And my answer was, you know, in a free market, look, so the, the common right wing criticism of social media is it's not a free company. It is, it is, it and has subsidies from the government. Yeah. But yeah, all that. Um, I, I will say as we get into three, I might touch on Disney. Number three, I might touch on Disney a little bit. So I might get back into this private company distinction. But um, okay. with the social media stuff, uh, Peter Klein is a Mises Institute autonomous. He would have been a brilliant man if he had not decided to teach at Baylor University. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he has always said, you know, I don't buy it. I don't buy that it's got so much subsidies that it should be treated like a public entity. In the private market, it could be solved, and it is solved because people want Twitter. People want Twitter. Like it is, it's, They want it more than the alternatives, and I've always rolled my eyes when he said that because I was like, that's not true. I just can't get an alternative with enough people on it, blah, 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 all the, all the regular complaints. Uh, but wait, you mean Elon this? Musk truth, tried... truth central. <laughs> yes, 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 of course. Truth central. <laughs> um, but when Elon Musk bought, or almost bought, <laughs> fell through, almost, yes. I, uh, I was saying... You know, one of the things Rothbard always says about the free market is that free market solutions are often things you never could have imagined before the solution comes. Mm-hmm. That's the point. A South American, or a, not South American, South African emerald mine mm. legacy <laughs> billionaire mm-hmm. buying Twitter to make it a free speech platform, even if it didn't happen, I was like, oh my God, anything can happen. Who saw this, this coming? Psychopath yeah. almost just did it by accident. Yeah. So. <laughs> It, it opened me up a lot to, look, even though that didn't happen, I kind of have to tend on the, I get why the right wants to engage with, you know, forcing Twitter to let Trump back on and whatnot, because from a strategic perspective, that makes the right better off. I mean, that's clear as day. But no, I, I don't have the same obsession that that, that wing of disanticism has. But, but don't you... Because at the end d- of the day... I go on Twitter and I, I get why I want to be on Twitter. But don't you see that uh, those things that he's kind of listing there as like um, bad omens for what he'll do when he has more power and more authority and less yeah, checks absolutely. on him? Okay, I, well. And like I said, if he, if he goes off into the future, and like with my example of foreign policy, if he does go off into the future and start, start firing the gun back at us, I'll gladly say look, we got to switch, we got to jump ship here. But when you were talking about the great man theory, you said the the ultimate result of all these great men in history has been bad things. But the other thing that's true of, I'm not as well-versed yet, but that's true of a great many of them, if not all of them, is that they were not in good places when they picked up. Mm. These great men don't mm. take over sure. 
perfect functioning countries, uh-huh. they take – in fact, I'll take the worst great uh, – now the worst man was – Adolf Hitler. Ah, uh, Godwin Hitler checks into the, the chat. Worse. Hello, Mr. Godwin. Yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> he made the world worse. And I do not, if, if Ron DeSantis became like Adolf Hitler, I'd gladly go out on the limb and say again, okay. I'm anti-Adolf Hitler. So there is a line but, that you can really imagine. That's a strong statement to take there, <laughs> I, know, I don't know. I'm going left and right here. I'm anti-Rick Scott. I'm anti-Hitler. I am a brave man. You are quite, that's um, quite a limb to go out on. But the world he picked up, the world he picked up was in a world of hyperinflation. Uh-huh. And when hyperinflation happens, when these countries find themselves in turmoil, a great man always takes over. Or, and a great man is probably not the right word because I don't want to call it. No, I, great I know. Man, it's a phrase in history. Yeah, we understand that. Yeah. And if listeners that, don't understand that, that man they do. who rallies the people. Yeah. At the end of the day, and this is one thing that Dave Smith actually did get right, Trump was never this illness he was a symptom I, I and at the end of the day disagree. when they all called him an evil fascist dave smith would say guys the only reason they didn't vote for an evil fascist is that there wasn't one there <sighs> trump was the best thing they got hmm. so i do agree that great men very often lead to a problem down the road however they're picking up a problem down the road and we are not there yet but we are living in a wild end of an empire type. Hey, none taken listeners. This is Connor Mortel. Uh, this was a fantastic in- interview. Uh, like I've said a couple times on it, I have never had more fun than I have with the uh, none taken guys. These guys are an absolute blast. Uh, I can't thank Dustin and Alan enough. However, because we had such a blast, we went way too long for one show. So to hear the rest of this, you're going to have to hear me on Friday. Thank you for everything. Make sure to download and tune in on Friday. Have a fantastic day, everyone. Thanks, man. Nailed it. Is that okay? Yeah, that's <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Dude. perfect. Yeah. All right, well, that was a blast. Uh, yeah, as Connor said, that went way too long. So we will do our Friday show as normal. And at the end of that, we'll have the rest of that interview because we don't have a Patreon and you get to hear all the shit we make because we want you to hear it. And we don't have a right. fucking paywall for you to go behind because honestly, at this point, it's just down to me being too lazy to go set that shit up. <laughs> uh, I've heard enough good feedback on that from y'all. So I think we, it would work if you wanted us to. Um, but I just, yeah, that's just, I'm going to have to figure out types of RSS situations and Alan, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I can. I, we, no, we both have full time jobs. It's we just, do. It's yes. fine. Here's here's our free show. We love this. I'm glad you like it. All right. Um, Absolutely. Can We're we, glad you're here. Can we start with uh, this? Is um, speaking of one of the listeners, sexy toaster sent this in. Uh, I have one of those notes that I always have here, which is oh. Yeah, so we're still making fun of the right. That was a joke earlier. <laughs> Remember from like an hour ago before that interview? Right, right, right. Okay. Um, so I do actually have a video. It says it says uh, 60 seconds of Tucker Carlson being right. But then it also has a note saying, the video is in your phone, stupid. Don't start setting this up until you have the video ready to play. And oh, I'm wow. almost there. I'm almost there. Here it is. Tucker right. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, know. Get ready, America. Mm. 60 seconds of Tucker Carlson being right about stuff. America is a racist country. White supremacy is our biggest threat. Republican senators are sexist bigots. They don't care about women. This is a bad country run by racists, and its history is inherently racist. Immigrants are... 
basically perfect. They're small. Well, this, is, this is a proud Canadian sexy <laughs> toast. hilarious. I know, I know. More industrious, more creative than you were. Any- I will not take this from Canada. How dare you, toaster? <laughs> Your American-born neighbors were or could be. The phrase is, all lives matter, American exceptionalism, and the celebration of Columbus Day are racist. The riot at the Capitol was a white supremacist insurrection. Donald Trump is a bigot. Only losers and freaks support Donald Trump. I have enjoyed white privilege. I'm a racist. The show is racist. White people are a-holes. This is propaganda at work. Fox News is propaganda. This is the crudest kind of propaganda designed to divide the country by race. This is just too stupid. None of this is real. It's all just noise. All of this is crazy. This is total lunacy. It's easy to laugh at this, but it's also horrifying. Think about the brainwashing required to do this with a straight face. This channel shouldn't be allowed. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't play it all the way through on purpose. That was great. That was fucking awesome. So there was the best part. Thank you, Sexy Toaster. Yes, thank you very much. The best part on that was that um, so many times you could see the background of what he was actually talking about. And it was like, he's like, this shouldn't be allowed. And it was like people playing trumpets with masks on. And you're like, that's kind of a good point. But uh, it was great. That was fun. Um, I don't know what this is. What's this say? Um, Oh, oh yeah, real news, right? We're making fun of the right. This is uh, this is something that someone actually said, not them speaking sarcastically and being mm. played out of context. How dare us? <laughs> Leave it to a Canadian to do such such dirty work on us. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, Alan, who's Mister Ladybugs. Oh, uh, Mitch McConnell. No, try no, again. No, Lindsey Graham. Yeah, Lindsey Graham. I, yes, that's okay. Here <laughs> we go. This is Lindsey Graham. Say this. If there's a prosecution of Donald Trump for mishandling classified information after the Clinton debacle, which you presided over and did a hell of a good job, there'll be riots in the streets. Say this. You know what's if weird is, uh, and we can talk about this all we want, but in the background, like what well, he's in one third of the screen, there's a thing on the bottom, there's images on the side that are supposedly about what the conversation was. I didn't watch that whole show. And it was Mark Zuckerberg, like testifying to Congress and standing somewhere with his wife. I actually don't know what they must have been talking about to get to that. But uh, yeah. right. So um, there will be riots on the streets if Donald Trump is prosecuted. Aren't most of the people that would have been willing to riot in jail right now for rioting the last time they did it? (laughs) Yeah, I think I think they're mostly in jail from Jan 6. That's clearly Uh, wishful thinking for people that don't like that crowd. But this clip has has kind of made the rounds. I've seen a lot of people commenting on it. Um, as if he's uh, fomenting violence. Um, well, I mean, first of all, so it's when do we back down because someone says, well, if you do that, we're going to start a fight. It's like, well, this is what's right. So I guess I'll just listen to you because you said you're going to hit me. Right. Yeah, that's the country right. I want to fucking live in. Right. We, yeah, so you're going to threat, threaten violence and then we're going to be like, oh, we're not going to do that What anymore. is this, Iraq? <laughs> Wait. Where they mar- what did we start with this capital mob since since they did it on January 6th it's been what Sri Lanka uh, Afghanistan I mean um, well Afghanistan Iraq. that was kind of a different story there. but yeah it was Iraq yesterday a guy doing flips in the in the pool yeah <laughs> damn it we export all our best things like blue jeans really and do. fucking uh, the Beatles and, no the Beatles weren't ours nope but, but uh, storming capitals yeah <laughs> damn alright well can we make fun of the left of course. All right. Um, so we're going to get into a lot of Biden clips here, but let me start off the clips this week with a sh- clip from Brido's show where he's talking about something that he read 
Joe Biden saying, and I was like, I heard it on his show. I was like, dude, do you have the audio of that? And I was like, hold on. No, I'll just play you reading it because it's even better. So it's Brido reading Biden in an interview in 1974, right after his wife died. Uh, last week was the one year Afghan uh, anniversary of getting out of Afghanistan. <laughs> And that's when Biden's approval rating started to suck. I found this old interview with Biden right after his wife died in 1974. And I wanted to read you guys a quote from him about his wife to, in an interview just just for funsies reactions. This is Joe Biden talking about his, oh his wife that had just passed away. Neely was my very best friend, my greatest ally, my sensuous lover. <laughs> oh, the longer wow. we lived together, the more we enjoyed everything from sex to sports. She had the best body of any woman I ever saw. She looks better than a Playboy bunny, doesn't she? My wow. beautiful millionaire wife was a conservative Republican before she met me. I might satisfy her in bed, but I didn't have much time for anything else. <laughs> What? <laughs> all those people say what by the way him and everyone on that call were dem are democrats like like this isn't a fucking hit piece this is wh what <laughs> uh the 70s ladies and gentlemen it was a different time yeah you know yeah well he's also hugh hefner was hugh hefner was, was yeah famous. but he's also famous for hair sniffing and i heard you like me and if you forgot about i heard you like me then you forgot about his campaign and all mm. the yeah Remember we got to choose between two sex offenders and then we just looked at him and remembered how old he was? Yes. All right, fine. I do remember. All right, well, this is a uh, palate cleanser, but Biden. First of all, I actually like dicks. I like dicks. Love dicks. I know you love... Uh... It's a Seattle phenomenon. So it's first. It's uh, Biden, Joe Rogan, and uh, who's that last guy? Bill Gates. And like I said, that's just a palate cleanser. You want to move on? <laughs> sure. Okay. Was that a dud? That was a dud. No, it, it was it was fine. It was, it was fine. Funny. Okay. Yeah. I didn't recognize Bill Gates, but right. Yeah, I should have set it up more with who it was. Um, this so this is Biden. So this was going around on right wing circles saying that here's Biden being racist. Um, again, it's always Biden out of context, not being racist, being a dumb old man, and not realizing how things sound. The burden is especially heavy on black and Hispanic borrowers. Well, on average, have less family wealth to pay for it. There's no, they don't own their homes to borrow against to be able to pay for college. The burden is especially heavy on black and Hispanic borrowers. Because they don't own their house. They do, none of them do. Yeah. Which, I get it. He, he started off saying historically, and then he continued speaking in historically. But in the way that we like people to talk, to cover all their fucking bases, because we're all language police, mm. is to say it right consistently throughout. It's just weird that now the right is doing it because the left is in charge. It's like, no, I don't like language police. I don't want it to fucking change <laughs> because now they're in power. Like, yeah, yeah, same. So I'm totally going to let him slide for that. But I mean, if you're following their rules, he didn't do that right. Um, here's what, okay, Alan sent me this clip uh, and I immediately sent him back. I'm confused. This feels like a non sequitur. And then you were like, it kind of was, but then you're like, oh, sorry, I was responding to your previous question. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure it's a non sequitur. I'm going to play this on the show and say, feels like this is a non sequitur. And he's an old man talking about things aren't related to the question he's being asked. And you're going to tell me why I'm, why I'm wrong. Mr. President, is this unfair to people who paid their student loans or chose not to take out loans? Is it fair to people who, in fact, uh, 
who do not own multi-billion dollar businesses that she want these guys get them all affected. Is that fair? All right, Alan. Tell me how that's related. I, so he's trying to equate PPP loans, PPP loans, etc. Uh-huh. So essentially, it's not a non sequitur because he is. He, it is a counter argument, but his counter argument is bad. <laughs> so well, they were both things that shouldn't. I mean, from his the, argument is essentially. Well, that wasn't fair either. So if you really want to talk about what's fair, then, you know, we got to lay it all out on the table. Okay, um, so not quite a non sequitur, but uh, not a fair argument. And I don't remember what kind of I fallacy think that was. I think that's that's fine. Okay. I, can, I, can be, I can get up on If, that, if yeah. it's being compared to PPP loans, I can make a distinction that it does have a difference. Those PPP loans were created at the time of the pandemic to keep people afloat. And it was pretty much with assumption that if it was done in the way it was intended – then they were probably never going to get paid back. They were kind of structured in that way. They were like, yeah, I know we're not going to get this money back. And then, because everyone's a fucking cunt, it was completely <laughs> manipulated. And the officers in charge of like resolving the, all the fraud in it are just up to their eyeballs. They're like, they're like uh, major cities with rape kits. They're like, I don't know. We got a 30 year backlog. Like, hopefully yeah. someone walks in the door and confesses. Like, if no one does that, like, they're just writing off all that money. But that was, that was written, that was constructed that way. Whereas student loans really weren't although right no that was that was intentional I, I i will say that I, I do personally know people who own businesses who were positively impacted by ppp loans and essentially it didn't enable them to stay afloat and keep their businesses going. it did not it wasn't enough it, it, it did. did it did can i say i'm pretty sure that it's no longer in our feed of episodes because we've done this is what 187 the episode mm-hmm. 186 yeah the, or no this is 187 yeah this is off of the our feed you'd have to ask me to send you a link to it or something <laughs> i think only the mm-hmm. last 100 are, are up um when dr paulson was on here he was like yeah i'm just getting loans for my businesses for fake employees because they're going to give me the money interesting interesting is one way of putting that high <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, there's probably lots of Dr. Paulsons. Let's not be more specific. There probably. It was one of those weeks where early on where you're like, hey, man, I can't do it. And I was like, I just want to make as many episodes as I can while we're starting. Just put them all out there. And I was doing interviews with a bunch of people. Oh, okay, okay. It's okay if you um, didn't listen, Alan. That's fine. I can fucking swallow that pill. That's fine, dude. I, uh... No, I know I have a friend who who uh, has a business or is involved in a business in Hawaii, um, which obviously Hawaii is 100 percent driven by tourism. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. with the shutdown, any business that's related in, to that in Hawaii was just, just in deep shit. Yeah. Um, and the PPP loans enabled them to continue paying people and keep the business afloat. And it's still and now it's come back and it's a thriving business again. That's um, good. That's good. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, that's anecdotal. Like, I mean, good I for him. Saying, I mean, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm glad that that worked. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. it, it was full of fraud though. And, oh, and so, which my, to my point, don't fucking compare it to that Joe dickhead. Um, <laughs> all right. Now, it just feels mean to call somebody doddering old man, a dickhead. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm playing this. I've labeled that. it. I hate agreeing. With, I, mean, I labeled this clip. I hate agreeing with Peter Ducey. This is still student loans related. Oh, no. Well, this is Ducey asked some shitty question. And then uh, what's her name? Jean-Pierre, the mm-hmm. um, press, secretary. press secretary. Dude, she's not as good as Saki is in terms of entertaining responses. And I think she's like not good at giving good answers. I mean, I would submit nobody's as good as Saki. She was she was a pretty amazing. Okay, as much as I hated Ari Fleischer, he was pretty good. Um, uh, you know what? He wasn't bad. Yeah. He wasn't bad. Yeah. The, he, she's, she lies. 
And she's just like, I'm going to get away with this because you're not going to go on the news and make your main story how a gay black woman is a fucking liar and take on the government. That's my theory. And I don't care. If, I mean, I'll listen to you if you want to tell me how wrong I am. But like, I don't, first of all, I don't 100% believe that. But I, I don't think that's not a, a large percentage of why she gets away with this. Because this is like, listen to this. She won't fucking answer his question. And a lot of this, I believe, is a flat out lie. For that. And that... Again, here's what we have it. done. Here's what here's a lot about how much it might cost, it might not cost. Who is paying for this? What we are saying is the the work that this administration has it's done, the work that the Democrats in Congress has done, is actually there, and you see that the 1.7 trillion uh, deficit in deficit uh, deduction that you see is is going to benefit us in being able to do something for the middle class. I understand. To, I, I'm sorry, she's talking about a deficit deduction. And I'm remembering a note that I made when I was uh, ready to talk about student loans earlier. Do you know what the Department of Education's take is on this uh, on this forgiveness? Uh, what the impact they that they think it's going to have? Mm, I don't recall. No, that. there's a reason you don't recall because they didn't have a chance to fucking give their input on it. They wrote this without their input. They oh. they they either started to ask or they hadn't heard back from them yet, and or they didn't even ask them at all. Yeah, they, no input from the department. This this affects directly. Do something for the middle class. This is about doing something for people who make less than $125,000, $1.7 trillion. That's what we've been able to do. But when you forgive debt, you're not just disappearing debt. So but, who is paying for but, this? And then I'll give you the second part. We lifted the pause, right? We're going to lift the pause uh, at the end of this year, which is going to matter, right? Which is going to offset uh, a lot of what... What she's talking about, the pause, the government is paying $5 billion per month um, as long as they have been, what, deferring student loans for everybody during the, the pandemic, right? And any federal student loans were deferred throughout the pandemic. Throughout the pandemic, and it was extended to, through the end of the pay. year, and that costs the government about $5 billion per month. So she's saying, by paying for this now, we're not paying $5 billion per month, and we're saving money. This is like... I'm not going to pull my fucking hair out over this, but this makes people pull their fucking hair out, Alan. Like, <laughs> like you, that's it, not saving money, right? Like, if your significant other said that to you, you'd be like, yeah, you're spending my money. Right. Our, our, our money, our money. <laughs> what rest. we're doing as well uh, when you think about the the four billion dollars that are going that's going to go back uh, into as, as revenue back into She's uh, this down. process of folks uh, paying paying right their college tuition that matters as well so we are doing this in a smart way we're doing this in a way that's going to be effective uh, we're doing in this a way that keeps to the president's promise on giving people who need some breathing room who need some breathing I just, I just laid out. I just laid out for. You know what? He wanted. He wanted. He wanted an answer of it's being paid for by this bill that the legislature passed, but he knew that that didn't happen. It was an executive order. It's a shitty question, but she gave a crappy answer. Yeah, I feel like her answer reminds me a little bit of like corporate speak, which I detest. And corporate uh, speak is like where people fucking the the Marxists are right. This is like it's either corporatism or or it's just late stage capitalism because I mean, okay, it's not out and out corporatism, but like this is an arrow in their quiver. 
corporate speak is like where people say a lot of words. I, I, I'm sorry. I know don't... corporatism isn't corporate speak, but I'm saying when that is so easy to apply, it sounds like it is. I, I apologize. I Go on. Yes. No, no. So corporate speak is like people say a lot of words and it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're going to circle back and we're going to you know, like all that shit. Right. Yeah. Uh, Saki was good at actually like. I don't know if she was in debate club in high school or whatever, but she was actually good at like making like arguments that made sense. Mm-hmm. And, and was, even if she was, you know, probably she would never really was blindsided by Ducey, but even if she was, she was able to think on her feet. Yeah. They of, sparred really well. It was jujitsu. I do this. So you do that yes, forever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Pierre doesn't seem to be. Oh uh, yeah. And again, like I said, like, I don't, I don't want to hate her for this, but the, 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 the distinctions, of sexuality, gender, and color are do not make you eligible for this position alone. And I know that wasn't it alone. I, I know I'm um what's I'm distilling that too much, but like that it I don't think that that's my bias saying that that's that was how she was presented. They're like, look, here's good news. We did this. It's like, man, I want you to be good at your fucking job. Like your your job is to interpret what the what the um administration is doing speak for the president yes and if you can't do that well then somebody else should do it that's all and i don't think she does it well and and i'm sorry that i go back to those those points but it it feels like that's a large part and 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 you know why i feel this way because the president said he was going to pick his vice president based on these things so i'm sorry if i think that's how they hire their press secretary like if you're if that's your second in command is based on it has to be a woman man fuck you like i want qualifications Mm-hmm. Like, like I want. How about you say a great woman? Like, you you narrowed it down to the two or three available. That, and like, sorry, Klobuchar wasn't going to be a good choice either. You know, <laughs> <sighs> am I, I? I'm fine being the asshole on the show, but am I that deep in this? I know I can feel it being icky. Like, I I, I have a courage to my convictions. What I'm saying, but I just don't like the way it feels to say it this much. I, it, it it does feel a little icky, but I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I completely get it, and I I, I had a um, I don't know if I want to share this or not. I I'm gonna share it, start it with and that. then I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll share this, and then I will um, let you know if I want uh-huh. to stay in. Uh, all right, so uh, we have a rotating thing. So at work, I, I I'm on conference calls often, and um, uh, every week on one of our main conference calls, um, somebody on the team has to speak about uh, an inclusion and diversity topic. Um, and so this week was my week. And I literally, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I have no idea. So I sat down with my team and I brainstormed and I was like, hey, like, what do you guys got? Like, I, I, I'm really drawing a blank here. I don't know what to discuss. Because you looked uh, at a room full of white people, right? You looked at no. the room full of white men and you said that. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Actually, it's all women I, on my team. I, I assumed it wasn't what I was saying. <laughs> Anyways, so I threw it out to my team and I'm like, hey, like, I, you know, and essentially what we're trying to do is promote that, right? That's the topic I'm supposed to talk about is yeah. how am I promoting, how you're promoting it? Yeah. Right. You're like, I don't spend time thinking about it. That's how I promote it. Like I, right. I make I, decisions I really, that are best with the best people and the people that are around me that are good at it is who I promote. Yeah, I mean, I understand making people feel comfortable in an environment. Yeah, of course. Um, but you and, don't, you and don't people, struggle. Yeah. And people wanting to to be there because Yeah, but I'm guessing value. you do that naturally because I do that naturally, yeah. of course. Um so somebody on my team said, Well, how about 
you know, because we have a very diverse team, you know, because and that's not like I don't hire people based on. No, like, that's oh, your demographics of your area. So you're hiring right. the people that come in. And because of how your demographics are, you get a, a diverse amount right. of people. And then exactly. statistically, those are you hire because you hired the good ones. Exactly. So um, one person on my team said, how about we have like a, uh, a traditional garb day where everybody gets to wear like their traditional garb from their country on a certain day. Oh, what could possibly go wrong? And so I'm thinking about that when they say it and I'm like, okay, that's an interesting idea. And in my head, by the way, in my head, I'm thinking, well, what the fuck would I wear? Exactly what I thought. I was like, and and how is, and how is that inclusive if I can't even participate? Cause I don't, I like I'm born and raised in California. I don't have a board shorts, bro. Board shorts, sandals and a tank top. Flip flops. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Some fucking Oakleys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so uh, I didn't say anything. I was just like, okay, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. And then another person on my team said what I was thinking. And she was like, wait, but like. What, I don't know what, what I would I, wear. And if I'm doing this in a group full of like 10, 10 or less people, then what is it going to be for uh, this conversation is going to happen a bunch by our staff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you want to deal um, with that I break mean, my, room? My, Jesus. My full team is like about. Uh, little under 100 people uh-huh. my full team right so i'm like uh you know what i i agree like i don't know um what i would wear personally and so then we brainstormed some more and we came up with a better idea which is like basically wear something that represents where you're from and that could be a city that could be a state that could be a country that could be whatever like i could wear a shirt that says california on it and that would be representative okay right? And that's like everybody can do that. That's yeah, not hard. Sure. And yeah. you can pick you can pick what you want to represent. Like yeah. I could say like maybe I was born and raised in LA and I want to wear yeah. Dodger gear. Right, right, right. Like, yeah. Like and whatever. and then you talk you drive that point home when you're presenting it to the exactly. team. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. And so that but that was I felt like that that happened naturally and we were able to get to a point where it actually made sense and uh-huh. worked for everybody. But I don't think that in every instance where people were talking about IND, that that happens. Right, like, because people, of the pressures, like guilt and historical shame right. and like, yeah. And I yeah. think a lot of times people overlook that and then you end up you end up doing the opposite of what your intentions, where right. you intend to be inclusive, you intend to promote diversity. And then you just end up doing something horribly racist in a way you hadn't imagined. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I would really like to keep that on the show. I don't think you said anything that gave away what your day job is and... Keep it. Uh, yeah, please. Yeah. Keep yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're telling me so. Good, good, good. Um, <laughs> hey, let me just play a couple sounds because I think we'll go out on these. Uh, I don't, we don't have to talk about January 6th and Trump. He gets enough fucking news. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, so I have a couple of sounds from the daily and this is all kind of light and we'll do a question. We'll get out of here. Okay. Um, so last week we talked about that uh, Daria um, Dugan, Dugina. <laughs> the daily. Yeah, well, the, no, yes, this is going to be the daily. Yes, because yes. we're making fun of the left. So speaking Sabrina, of language, speaking of language police, is it okay? D- does making fun of the language police newspaper count as making fun of the left? <laughs> All right, sure. good. So um, a couple of things crossed sort of somewhat kismetly last week. You said that that woman who hosts the daily um, a couple of times has a Daria voice. And then I was like, Ooh, Daria was the name of the woman who died in that car bombing that we talked about last oh, week. But yeah. we did our show before the New York times did their show on the car bombing. And that's, then that's what I want to play. So just this first part is why we don't like the woman on the show with the Daria voice. <laughs> 
So this is... This I didn't is, say I didn't like her. Oh, yeah. I didn't like her energy. Okay, when I say we, I mean Dustin doesn't like her. Yeah, I don't like her energy. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't not like her. But like, you go to podcasts, like part of the atmosphere, like if you watched a TV show and like the visual effect of it was unpleasing to you, it wouldn't matter what the story is. And right. the medium here is audio. And like, if me and you didn't have these velvety, smooth, sexy voices, <laughs> nobody would want to listen, right? True, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, anyways, here, here it is. So here's why we don't like the host. From the New York Times, I'm Natalie Kitroeff. This is The Daily. This is the number one news podcast in America. Uh-huh. That's the way you treat that. You're like, so I know I all you so assholes. I was so right, though, by the way. That was Big Daria energy, Big right? Daria energy. Well, speaking yeah, okay. of Daria, this is how they pronounced her name. Daria Dead Dug at the scene. Daria Dugina. Just, so, so first one, you heard that? First one is Daria Dugina, right? Like yes. in Borat with the Vagine. So Daria Dead at the scene, Daria Dugina, daughter of influential ultranationalist Alexander Duggan. This fucking idiot. Did you just hear that? Like, so Dugina is a female affectation of the last name Dugin or Duggan or Dugan. But the only thing that's important is that you're consistent, you idiot. <laughs> She's like Daria Dugina, daughter of Duggan. Who knows if Duggan's related to Dugina? Apparently, their daughter, son, father, like fucking they get number one news show in America. Hmm. And then this is oh, this is her being just wonderful. This is the host again. Mm. It feels like a broader question is: Is Russia telling the truth? <laughs> I mean, I just want to end the show right now. This is podcasting. Like, that's the broader question? That's, yeah, you know, you know, hey, you know, the real question here is, like, I don't know, ever? Like, ever? Are you talking about ever? How far back do you want to go? Like, that's I, so I, funny. I, I think we drop a needle on that record and the answer is no, no matter where. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, <laughs> why don't I just ask you a series of stupid questions that I thought I'd do? Uh, okay, yeah, I'm trying right. to I'm trying to get our merch onto our show page more. And I, mm -hmm. I, so I talked to Natasha, and she was like, "Well, just whenever you do your 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 show um, meme or show cover post, have the second tile be like you know the the she thinks that our new Dr Pepper logo would look good on a pint glass, and I'm like, yeah, I just oh. all I need to go onto the website is to do that and make that, and then we could sell it. Mm. So then I could have that be the second page. So I uh, here's some other potential merchandise. What do you think? Okay, these are shirt okay. ideas, Alan. Got it, got it. Okay. So we like to talk about nuance, and uh, <clears throat> I said earlier, I don't want to be anti-intellectual. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm in Tennessee. I know you're not, but you seem to like Tennessee from when you've been out here. Sure. I had a good time. So how about this? We create a society. It's called the Society for the Honorable Intellectuals of Tennessee. <laughs> Make an abbreviation for that and put it on a T-shirt. Honorable. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. I, I, like got, I got a I couple like others. Um, maybe we can make political parties, like not like actual mm -hmm. political parties, but we can sort of let our listeners sort of assign themselves into camps. Uh, sure. Self-selecting. I would never impose this on anyone. Um, and so they can uh, they can sort of identify themselves. I'm thinking for more of our socialist friendly listeners, they can call themselves mm -hmm. the uh, collectivist unionists of none taken. <laughs> so we could abbreviate that and put it on a shirt. Right, right. Okay. See you in Toledo. Yes, yes. Uh, no, yes. Uh, see you in Troy. Oh, oh damn it! That's the show title. <laughs> I just wrote down "cunt" like that's gonna fucking mean anything to me. I'll hear it when I edit. Um, okay, I got another one though, Alan. Okay, okay. What about our anti-communist listeners? Oh right, yes. So we can call them "fed up counter Kremlin extremist revolutionaries." Make that an acronym and put it on a T-shirt. 
I like it. All right, man. You have a good one. Um, that this was, was fun. That man. was fun. I really liked that interview. I'm enjoying talking to you actually on Thursday night this time. Well, yeah, uh, listeners, sure. we'll, we'll talk to you on Friday. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Oh, how about that? Come in the name of peace. I'm pooping right now. Is Kevin McCarthy a moron? And if so, why? Why would you say something that stupid? I come without explanations or solutions. I'm a very sexy lady. <laughs> how great an anti American Marxist. Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. Read the news. God bless. United States. <laughs> now this is podcasting.